online, on digital, and on 88 to 91 FM. BBC Radio 2. Russell Brand. You're listening to the Russell Brand radio show on BBC Radio 2. It is not live on account of the commitments of my co-host this evening, who is David Bedil. Hello, Hello, David. Hello, Russell. How are you? I'm very well, although I feel now shabby on account of your ostentatious manner of dress. Yeah, I'm wearing a dinner suit, uh, a lovely dinner suit. I was going to wear a bow tie, which I don't even normally wear with a dinner suit, but I thought... If I'm going to wear a bow tie, I should. I'm going to wear. I'm going on from here mm. to uh, a literary event. I have the invitation here. It says the president of the London Library, Sir Tom Stoppard, <laughs> OM CB. I don't know what OM means. Um, that yeah, is the sound oh. of the universe, David. Yeah. Request my pleasure for the Times London Library Party. Now, I didn't even really want to go to that. I was quite Why excited. Why are you going? You're always making these claims you don't want to go to these events, and yet <laughs> I never see you when you're not on your way to one. Yeah. Well, that's because every time I see you, I feel slightly kind of inferior because of the amount of sex you have. So I think the only thing I've got above you is literary credibility. Mm. So I have to put them in a bank. Wait I've won an I award you. for my book. Well, oh, now you see. Now that's ruined too. <laughs> it's an award-winning yeah. book. I shall go there. It's a Tom Stoppard. I shall say to me, do you know that, Russell Brown? He's absolutely marvellous. His bookie book inspired. Bookie book it. I must do a play of it. <laughs> I will must say do a play. I've become it now. But the main thing was, I thought, well, that, that allows me to wear mm. a dinner suit. You and they used to do that on the radio. Yeah. So I thought, wonder what that's like. I even thought about wearing a bow tie for that very reason, so I might appear... I'm glad you didn't wear a bow tie, David, on account of the fact the writer David Sedaris says that uh, a bow tie signifies, ultimately, if you, you know, he said, oh, he said he liked wearing it for a while because he thought it made him seem like he was fun and yeah. jaunty. Yes. And then he met another young gentleman who said, what the, the code of a bow tie, what he, said, he says, you know, people will like you and it makes you seem affable, but the symbol and message it's sending is, I cannot get an erection. Is that really? Is that That's what David, what David Sedaris says? Right. And it makes sort of sense, doesn't it? And yeah. I, I like David Sedaris. Yeah, he's, a, he's a gayer, isn't he, though, David Sedaris? I believe so, David. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to dismiss it? <laughs> his every it. opinion? I don't want to dismiss it, but I've always imagined, and, and the gay people can tell me or this racist. is wrong. Or racist. Or what? Nation of Islam, uh, which G was once a member of. I don't know, G, did you wear a bow tie in your Nation of Islam days? No, I just went for the parties. Just right. Why, why do the Nation of Islam wear a bow tie? Yeah, what's that got to do with the Nation of Islam? Because Cyril Fletcher, who used to be on That's Life doing odd odes, he used to wear a bow tie. I cannot believe he was a member of the Nation of Islam. He was a prominent member <laughs> of it. That seems was, very unlikely to me. And he was a Black Panther, yeah. as was Molly Sugden. <laughs> yeah, he would never have been able to raise his arm in that manner. Of course not. While <laughs> Esther Ranson was trying to investigate whether or not that fridge has really broken or not. There's <laughs> simply not time for it. <laughs> not something we can examine now <laughs> over the course of the show we will be talking to richard madeley on his new book always lovely to have richard madeley i love richard show. madeley i can tell you a richard madeley story should i tell it now or shall i wait tell it when i've done this list of things okay bill bailey on his remarkable guide to orchestra oh that'd be lovely that'd be bill fantastic bailey, i love bill bailey brilliant. i love bill bailey i used bill bailey as an example the other day someone said to me has fame ever changed you just not even a journalist just someone i know why are people they ask me strange journalist like question i don't know why they did that <laughs> if you were but... going to a desert <laughs> island yeah. <laughs> they were saying, is fame always toxic? It was a strange conversation. But who I said, is this person uh, making these inquiries? someone you know, I can't tell you who it is. Okay. But anyway, mm. this person, and I said, well, I don't think it did change me very much. And I said, if you really want to know if fame itself is toxic, as opposed to how you interact with fame, yeah. look at Bill Bailey. Yeah. Bill Bailey, now very famous, very successful. He is still absolutely the nicest person in the world. He's completely so this fame yeah. made him nicer than he already was, yeah. which I don't think it did, because I knew him before and he was still nice. Yeah. So it doesn't, it's clearly how you react to it. Right. 
where I've, if anything, become even more nice. I think you probably have become nicer, yeah. I know. From I'm your... worried that you might be going a bit mental a little while Why? ago. What have I done that's <laughs> mental? I'll quickly show, <laughs> demonstrate my brilliant memory further by saying that I know from your brother Ivor has said that uh, that fame had made you nicer because you were sort of insecure and inadequate without fame. <laughs> and now, that, and once you got famous, you seemed a bit more validated and glad. And it's something I identified with when did I you? myself became famous. Yeah, yes. uh, maybe I did become a bit nicer. I don't so you've know. Said but that. I you suspect... said that. You uh, said it. You literally said it. No, no, said, I it. said it. My brother said it. Your brother said it and yeah, you it's not me. saw fit to report it. <laughs> yeah. He's from the same basic gene pool. Yeah, that will don't fall far from the tree. <laughs> that's true, but I worry that Ivor said that because he's the older brother mm. and at some level he felt challenged, as all older brothers do when oh. I arrived at my mother's womb and he thought, right, I'm going to say things about this person in about 30 years' time that's going to make him feel a bit insecure just to show him. Ah, well, it might well, have been that then, actually. It might have been that, yeah. Right, well, let's dismiss that. Furthermore, uh, Rainbow George will yes. be coming on the show. I'm sure you're familiar with him, as uh, you actually knew Peter Cook. And Rainbow George is a man who I know, through not, not through Peter Cook, who I never had the privilege of meeting, mm. but through my own affection and love mm. for Peter Cook's memory and work. Uh, I sort of have, for, have sin- as a result of that, I have to carry about this bloody burden of a friendship with Rainbow George, <laughs> who I l- like in some ways, but Rainbow George yeah. pushes me very far. What does Rainbow George do now? Well, as far as I can gather, David, <laughs> for a living, he <laughs> aggravates me into right. lost causes. Is there actually money in that? Never! Never money! And I think it loses How Rainbow can he George for a living, money. then, surely? Yeah, that's, right. That's, that's a problem for him. For, all right, vocationally, then. I have a feeling that Rainbow George, but I could be wrong, was mm. there. I went round with Frank Skinner the day after Peter Cook died to right. his house to see his wife, his lovely wife, Lynn, yes. and sort of commiserate. And there were lots of people around there, and kind of like you might expect with Peter Cook, because he had loads of friends, and, mm. you know, he kind of invited people into his house and I think Rainbow George was there then Yeah, but I can't tell because he wasn't aggravating you <laughs> so I'm not sure whether it was him or not no that won't be him uh, right. like, the Rainbow George that I know yeah. would have been in that moment he would have said sorry I can't commemorate Peter's memory <laughs> yeah, I've r- got that there's this young man who you've not yet heard of <laughs> yeah. who Russell, I must burden come here come here oh, look at your stupid hair you'd have to do that wouldn't he uh, also though he would say look at your stupid hair I've written a song it promotes oh. the idea of in the Olympics some uh, aliens are going to write last time he was on this radio show day rainbow george came here and confidently claimed that during the closing ceremony of the olympic games ufos would land and that he had a sizable wager yeah. to that effect on with william hill right. and he assured me it was going to happen and, yeah. then he, and as part of this whole fiasco yeah. he wanted me to record a few lines in a song usually things that involve the blockheads or enduring in yeah. some capacity yeah. he's a man of about 25 years ago i imagine rainbow george most mm. of his references apart from you yeah will come from about 25 years ago what were the odds uh, he got from William Hill on these uh, favourable. He <laughs> stood to make millions I had say, that occurred. Personally, I say that William Hill possibly were irresponsible in taking that <laughs> bet. That I bet. don't want to make any you know libel claims about William Hill. They're a fine bookmakers. They're lovely bookmakers. They're fantastic turf accountants. <laughs> <laughs> There's no one I'd rather stake a bet yeah. with yeah. than if William had, Hill. If I had turf that was playing tax, <laughs> I would definitely go to William Hill. Very much. But the fact is, I think you know they should have thought, well, this bloke's a nutter. He's called Rainbow George. Well, they should have. Look to that slip. Rainbow yeah. George, is yeah. that who you are? I take your money back and get out. <laughs> also, why would Rainbow George put money on there being UFO? Because like the very fabric of society would be so challenged. I mean, look, the world's stock markets are collapsing this at the moment for point. no reason. Where did Rainbow George think he was going to collect that bet? Because surely, if UFOs appeared and aliens invaded, one thing they would not think is we're going to take over the world except for the bookmakers because <laughs> we want them to pay out <laughs> to all the people that put bets on this happening. That's Worship us yeah. as your gods. Yeah. If you look at these scriptures, you yeah. will see we have ever been watching you, people of Earth. 
earth, whatever faith you look at, whatever monotheistic theology you examine, you will see there's always been celestial beings present. We will now give you a new ideology, except for William Hill, you must honour that bet for yeah. Rainbow yeah. George. Ladbrokes, you're stuffed. But William Hill, you can stay open for Rainbow George. We have got an alarmingly specific new outlook. Yeah, yeah. Comes. yeah. yeah. Rainbow George, uh, that's what I think. I don't think that he thinks any of these things are ever going to work. I think he just pursues them. Before that, he wanted me to sing some song. He'll, on, I'll wager with William Hill or anybody mm. that when Rainbow George comes on a radio show, Russell, I want you to sing a song. It's going to yeah. be for Bojo. I want you to go on the heath with Boris Johnson. Yeah. It's always like, look, mate, I'm ever so busy. Yeah. Like, I can't keep getting involved in all these schemes of well, yours. I, here's the thing, Russell. And he's coming on, is he? So He, he, he will yeah, be on. So we shouldn't speak out of turn in case he... he well, he can't hear it because it's being recorded. This is so. pre-recorded. All right, that's fine. We'll be nice to him when he arrives. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> but what bothers me is that you know, due to your fandom of Peter Cook, which I think is a very good thing, I was myself a massive fan of Peter Cook and incredibly chuffed that at the end of his life I became a bit of a mate of his, but... I think mm. he's been dead now quite a long time. You could say, Rainbow George, piss off. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, I think you could. Look, George, yeah. I've given you ample opportunity to raise the ghost of Peter Cook. Yeah. And not once have you done it. Yeah, yeah so fair enough. You're quite right. I mean, it's, I'm doing it out of the treasured memory yeah. of, uh, of Peter Cook. And, no, but, but, like, I don't know. There I, are I, other people, you know, David Frost, probably closer associated with him. Right. No, so that just, wasn't a good example. No, Definitely more, of course, dead as well, so that's no good. There must be some... Well, you know, I knew Peter Cook. Right. And I'll just be nice to, to you. I'll nice look after your children, yeah, as fine. I once did when you went to a chiropodist. Yes, brilliantly. I, I, yeah. I looked after it was an incredible moment, actually, because I had to go to chiropodist, and my partner, Morwenna Banks, who is the mother of my children, was away, mm. and I had to go to the chiropodist because I was playing football, and she, I had an ingrown toenail, mm. and uh, you so made I, much of this. I did make much of it. And much, comical oh, ailment. It was, that you it was hilarious, but uh, not anymore. Mm. Uh, so I said, okay, well, Russell lives quite near the chiropodist, so I'm going to leave you with Russell if you they call you Uncle Russell which I love it's slightly frightening I think it's a bit like that Uncle Kevin in uh, Tommy I always think I haven't seen Tommy <laughs> well, so I don't know the, it, is it, Uncle it, Kevin it, an irresponsible and frightening it, figure to children yes but uh, right, but see. he's not like you. You're not like him in any way. It's played by Keith Moon. It's a very frightening part. Oh, bloody but hell. anyway, but having said that, when I told the chiropodist and Meg Parra that mm. I had left my children... Why are you naming everyone? I feel better. So I feel better to me, so in case well, I need to back refer to her <laughs> at some point. She's just gonna, is, she's never, is she going to reference her beyond the, her role as your chiropodist? I doubt Is she going to become a, a deeply covered... Like this, with well, a portrait of Anne, Meg and Chandler. <laughs> I don't even remember her name Meg anymore. Chandler. That's four people who used to be in friends. <laughs> but Anne McParr, a lovely woman. Why she... are you? Have you got a composite of everyone who's ever been in an American sitcom? And why are you going feet? to see them and asking about your feet? They're not going to help about that. They're being paid nine hundred thousand pounds an episode to look at your feet. Can't to be kooky. Yeah, that's no good. Anyway, I said to her. Mm. Because I had said to her, I might bring my children. And they said, where are your children? I said, I've left them with Russell Brand. Mm. And she said, you haven't. I know. And like, like something bad might happen to them. Nothing bad happened And there, actually, it? there is nothing in your reputation which is colourful that would imply that children may suffer <laughs> unless there are things they might see. If I'd left them there for too long, there are things they may have seen because mm. I've been in your house. And there are things they may have seen. <laughs> I've been in your house. <laughs> yeah. I've seen terrible things. Well, Godless, last, weird, eerie. God. The first time I came round to your house, yes. I, I, I texted you the night before. Yes. 
And I said, I'm coming around after school run. I should say my kid's school is very near Russell's house. Again, can... this is not anything that should concern listeners. <laughs> Those children are quite, quite safe. <laughs> Russell can hear them playing. He did actually, I like it. He once texted me quite recently and said, I want to come on school run. I do want to come <laughs> on school run. I love, love children. Yeah. Right? And also, and very distinctly, I love adult human females. Yes, well, that's there is the no thing. crossover yeah, there. That's no crossover. And they're also quite attractive adult human females mm. waiting to pick up their children as right. well. So that, I think, was that's possibly why, I want to go. why you wanted to go. <laughs> yeah, you wanted to go because you could show what a good person you were and also pick up some MILFs. Yes. That's basically what was going on. Yes. But uh, that was all great. Put simply. Yeah, but the first time I came round, I said, uh, look, we've got to do some work. We were talking about writing something together. So mm. I, I said, can we make sure there's no women? And you said, the satanic sluts are coming round <laughs> <laughs> who are not just generally women. You weren't being misogynistic. They were a dance troupe. They were a dance yeah, troupe. That's not what I call all women. No. no. So that's your mother. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well. Oh, the satanic sluts of the female form. They are round always at my house. That wasn't the point you were making. She made mistakes for me. That woman I can never love. Yeah. I can never love. No, I never too, escape her clutches. It was two lovely women who I think danced to heavy metal, industrial heavy metal. Satanic sluts. I urge all of you listeners to look at their website. They are yeah. a gothic dance troupe. Uh, they uh, also, though, if you are me, which mm. I am, they are available to seduce and sleep with. That's right. And uh, you said to me the satanic sluts coming around, but you said they'll be gone in the morning. They'll be gone back to Hades. You said, which I thought was rather lovely. The Good that I had that reference. Very clever. How I came round. You opened the door in your pants, yellow Y front. <laughs> you opened the door in and a sort of headmaster's cape, which is a bit weird. And 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 I said, Have they, they're still here, aren't they? You said, Yeah, they're still here. Yeah. So we went upstairs to your study, and the satanic sluts every so often would come up and say, <laughs> Russell, have you finished? And you would say, No, no, it's fine. <laughs> Meaning, can you stay here because I shall be visiting you later? Yeah. But the key moment for me was one of the satanic sluts said to me. <laughs> Her grandfather <laughs> was Andrew Sachs, who of course played, played Manuel, Manuel in Forty Towers. And I said, "Oh, I know him, meaning I've met him once." And she said, "Oh, don't tell him I was here." <laughs> Oh, that's not going to happen, is it? I'm not going to ring up Manuel, hit him on the head with a spoon, and say, guess where I saw your granddaughter? That's never going to happen. You're a waste of space. Yeah. As is your granddaughter. Yeah. Yes, do you come from Barcelona? Anyway, do you know where your girlfriend's coming from? Not your girlfriend, your granddaughter. You see? This whack on head, this promiscuous granddaughter. Yeah. Uh, let's not criticise them satanic sluts no. and our relationships, which are entirely platonic. Good, especially with Andrew Sachs. <laughs> yeah, Andrew Sachs, beloved Andrew Sachs. So that was the first time he came around my house, and it's been a, a lovely series of visits. And yeah. let me and to let, be assured that while you were at that Shropotis, I schooled your children through the house. I ushered them, I tutored them, I was lovely to them. I showed them all sorts of stuff. Showed them the hot tub, which by that stage I'd not been in, so it was mm. much safer. Mm. And I just gave them a lovely, lovely tour, and they had mm. a nice time. It's quite a lot of pressure uh, looking after uh, children on your own. Yeah, I, I, can we? I know we talked about this this morning. But mm. I have to bring it up again that <laughs> I came back to your house and you told me an extraordinary thing about what you, the party that you tried to inaugurate around the hot tub yesterday or the night, that night Perhaps before. Perhaps you're referring to the inaugural yeah. Russell Brand Christmas hot tub party. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, <laughs> I hope we're not casting aspersions on it, David. It sounded like the most fantastic event. <laughs> it but was brilliant. As far as I understand it, you were trying to organise an orgy. Would that be too strong a word? It would be an accurate word, <laughs> although orgy does imply both genders, I yes, think, when yes. it's just me yeah. and a lot you of girls. You were Santa, essentially, <laughs> in this event, and they were the elves. They were the elves. Yeah, yeah, but you <clears> 
what, so what you'd actually done was create a situation whereby as many women virtually as you could find in your... Well, not obviously there'd be more No, there'd that. be lots more. No, yeah, but quite a lot. There's a select for you, few. You think you were going for six? Yes. Yeah, like, and what, what interested me about that partly was mm. that it would seem to be more about athletics than about pleasure, <laughs> that you well, were trying was. to break it, some kind of record I, with six. In the end, actually, there was a period during uh, when I was uh, the host of the brilliant show Big Brother's Big Mouth, <laughs> where I used to speak fondly <laughs> of the record, where oh, yeah. I just night after night it was my job to pursue a seduce another woman and yeah. sleep with them and like in the end it became it became not about in any way the enjoyment of the sexual act but no. just the sustenance yeah. of the record yeah. the record yeah. think of the record yeah. it's a very uh, male thing is that essentially you were being a completist about yeah. about sex you thought well there's some mythical number that obviously you will never reach but that mm. if i keep going i might reach. there must be a point but of that conclusion. seems to now become condensed into individual nights that you're trying to reach that number Night off the night <laughs> That's off the right. Because six, really, is that's quite a lot. Mr. G, Poet Laureate of the show, who at the end of the show will summarise the, all these proceedings, once told me of the Egyptian sun god Ra, who yeah. nightly wrestles with the darkness so the dawn may rise again. Yeah. And I said, well, that's a lot like me, mate, <laughs> yeah. you know. Every yeah. night I've got to all seduce all these women. Yeah. Then the next day we begin again. It's yeah. not like, oh, I can dust myself down and say, I'll just watch Steptoe and Sun no, videos. No. I've You've got, got to start get again. out No, there. no, you're really doing it for all of us, really. For all of you. Okay, so, so you just, don't have to. No, well, that's, I'm just because you said to me that one of the things you were doing there was a certain amount of subterfuge involved, which mm. because the women didn't actually know that necessarily there were other women. Involved. It was badly administrated. Was badly administrated. I'm, I'm the first well, to admit. But I think that I've... is that is where your discipline lies. Mm. I think because. Yeah, you know, you are. I, I, I'll just say at the start, I absolutely love Russell Brand. He's a very lovely bloke to have as a friend. But organisation and social administration not your strong point. If I invite mm. you round, I assume you won't come. Yeah. Basically, but when it comes to actually the organisation of women coming around to your house, it's astonishing. <laughs> you should work for the government in that department. <laughs> I've never seen anyone else, because I would find it quite difficult with like, oh, what phone number, <clears throat> when are they arriving, you know, where can they come from, how am I going to get taxis? You do it all in a flash. I know, I mean, I do have the assistance of of Tom Chadwick. He yes. does help to organise cars and a, a lot of the staff. This is your PA, I say. Tom Chadwick, It's not my just a slave if people don't know who that is who you employ. I kidnapped <laughs> a Dickensian character, yeah. Tom Chadwick. <laughs> Someone from Hard Times comes to help you with ladies. Okay, Mr. Branson. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, he is a genuine, legitimate person who helps me. This <clears throat> incident to which you refer now, David, yeah. was where I erred. On accounts of, I became too ambitious like Icarus, yeah. I flew too close to the sun. Exactly. I'd been too away. Close to the orgy sun. The orgy sun, yes. The the, the beautiful, uh, burning red dwarf yeah. of, of my own desire. Red Very, dwarf. No, don't I, I mention red dwarf. <laughs> now I've got Craig Charles in my head. I really don't want that. <laughs> Thankfully, there were, <laughs> Craig Charles is a reference that can only be used in, in relation to his work and yeah. not his social activities yeah. in this particular anecdote. What happened was, is I went a night without having sex <clears throat> and I overreacted. What? Yeah. What? Well, I was in... I, I, you don't need to... Let's not get bogged down in the minutiae mm. of uh, this peculiar freak occurrence. No, that is a freak event. Odd, it was. Yeah. But it was okay, the, you know, but it turns out it was made all the worse by there being nothing on the telly. Right. So then, uh, like, so what I'd done anyway is the next day I overreacted and I thought, I'll just text everyone. And I had... <clears throat> a very very high response to some of the messages I sent mm, out right. and a lot of them were people that I'd not seen for a while and I simply couldn't say no right. and I thought well look I can either like you know what I often think David when confronted with a problem what is going to be the best anecdote I've yeah. got an obligation I feel yes to me to you I'm coming round the next day straight after school run straight after the school run yeah. that poor man stood in the playground <laughs> yeah, looking yeah. at them milfs yeah, look at those milfs <laughs> thinking there's nothing I can do nothing about it nothing you can do about it yeah. he, David Baddiel needs me Although to I did live have a this thing life with one of the milfs I'll tell you about that after this I had a thing with a, with a MILF. I want to 
hear your okay. MILF stories. I'll tell the MILF There's story. There's no one more interested yeah. than me I will tell in, in your but MILF you, you carry on with this, first of all. What happened was, <clears throat> so I sent out a lot of things. I was, we, after we were watching, and again, it'll be another story that we'll have to pick up later. You are listening to the Russell Brand Show on BBC Radio <laughs> 2, bbc.co.uk. If you want to look, look at the videocast if you want. Yeah, no, I mean, the whole thing makes, makes sense. But we were, uh, we went to see the brilliant David uh, Walliams play. Yeah, uh, to play. No, no Man's, Man's Land. Land. We won't see that, yeah. Which you dismissed as being saying we could improvise live on radio. Oh, God, Pinter. But I, I like Pinter. No, he's all right. He's all right and all that. But we'll we'll we later. could do it. We could do it. Uh, what, just with some pauses and some menace. Yeah, well, no, but just with... Uh, well, should we do it now? Well, I think we should do it later because okay. I'm pretty keen to finish my anecdote. Yeah, finish the anecdote. So, like, we, we watched that Pinter thing. I couldn't relax, not only because of the well, menace that hung heavy in You were the, disturbed, right. I was menace. disturbed by that. And also, though, I was thinking, oh, my God, I've got to organise this evening. This, yeah. this, you know, call it an orgy, yeah. if you will. Yeah. The, the, you know, it's I've a key got to thing, actually. It. I don't want to say another one, but it's interesting that the party... I went to the party... Yeah. And you know, quite an interesting party. Harold Pinter was there, mm. Sir Michael Gambon, David Williams, Edgar Wright, me. Mm. But I knew you wouldn't come. Did you? How thought, did you know? Because you had to go and sleep with women. <laughs> That's how I knew. And people actually said to me, Always oh, Russell. I said, He's sleeping with some women. <laughs> That's what he's doing. And that I like that certainty mm. I like knowing that because a lot of people would think oh that's quite exciting and you know and I think it I think well, that's quite an exciting party so I went yeah Actually, well, it was, I was a bit bored but anyway <laughs> I went because yeah. I, and also I don't have the option of sleeping with some women I have the option of only sleeping with one woman your wonderful, but, partner, my wonderful, wonderful partner but nonetheless I thought I'll go to that party mm. as it was you know, you're not bothered with that. You are so committed yeah. that even the sort of bauble, I'll just know it's more no, important. That bauble sleep. means nothing. Yeah. I've made a commitment to promiscuity. Yeah, you have. I'm married to that idea, <laughs> and I'm going to stick with it. Nothing are, will drag me from that path. You are I'm married faithful. To promiscuity. So. So, what happened? Well, I'd organised a bit of more than I could chew, but everyone was saying, come back, and yeah, yeah, I'll come over. So I had to send back a euphemistic message along the lines of, OK, well, there will be some mayhem and chaos. You're very welcome to come if you're up for adventure. <laughs> and I think we all know the word adventure means sex with multiple partners. <laughs> right? So I sent that I sent that back, and lots of them, yeah, OK, right back, like, it was, you know, it was the word adventure. It wasn't the words sex with multiple partners. So yeah. in a way, there's a, a, what some What did they think it was going to be a roller coaster? What did they Possibly, think? Possibly. A castle. But, but, <laughs> there's all sorts of different options and yeah. I didn't speculate on what they might have thought yeah. only I knew they were coming I thought um, this is going to take some rebranding so what I did is I stopped off at a supermarket I thought I'll theme this I'll theme this do as the Russell inaugural Russell Brand Christmas Hot Tub Bonanza Fantastic. stopped off bought a load of lovely chocolate reindeers which bunting? were frankly lint chocolate rabbits but changed into reindeers other chocolate rabbits yeah. are available and like so I've got a big tray of them I've got the whole tray that was, oh, well, that was it no fairy lights no bunting nothing <laughs> no well that doesn't make a Christmas party, just some chocolate. <laughs> just not a Christmas party, mate. What are you talking about? Well, I, it was somewhat undermined also by the fact it was a sexual festival. <laughs> yeah, and at it no was, point was Jesus mentioned. No, not at all. People, as, I, as I said this morning, what you're doing, you're guilty of commercialising Christmas for your own purposes. I did, I did. What's wrong with the idea of Christmas in now? A way, and in October. <laughs> I'm worse than Debenhams. Christmas is starting earlier and earlier, and now it's become a cel solely a celebration of sex. I'm yeah. not even trying to vlog jumpers. Oh, what would Jesus do? Not this. Oh, well, That's the thing. You have often said that I'm a sexualised Christ. Yes, I, well, not often. I've said it once, I think. I know, you you've taken it to heart. You've taken it to heart. If something comes along like that, say yeah. someone says something that I've been waiting for someone to say for a while, yeah. I grab it. You like do grab it, yeah. Oliver Stone went, you remind me of Jim Morrison. Yeah. After much coaxing, yeah. he finally said it. I know. <laughs> once that's out there, the thing is, it. I want to take that back now, because that's when I thought you were going mental. Mm. It was only a couple of weeks ago, I thought, oh, he's got mental now, because that sexualised Christ thing, he started oh, to 
believe it. You're starting to think. Oh, that you've all like gone mad. I thought you got a bit mad. Yeah, when did you hear this story? Because yeah. I've achieved it. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm a sexualized Jesus. Oh, I've got no, lady no. disciples. <laughs> I will come again. <laughs> right. So what happened was there's like we stopped. I stopped off. Got a big tray, and this was quite one of the best bits of the evening. I got a whole tray of chocolate reindeer. Right. Just put it in a carrier bag. Where did then you get the reindeer from? Uh, budgets, other supermarkets are <laughs> right, available. Okay. So um, budgets are coll- colluding in this early sexualisation, <laughs> yeah. commercialisation of Christmas. Me and budgets yeah. are at the forefront yeah. of yeah. Let Christmas get Christmas started. Yeah. Let's yeah. get this party started, yeah. right? Then we got some vodka. I got like, and even remember, I'm a recovering alcoholic, so I had to buy bought two bottles of champagne, two bottles of vodka, a bottle of Jack Daniels, filling up these plastic bags. Mm. The sort of Muslim shop girl goes, "Oh, can I have your f- photo, photo," and I goes, "Yeah, yeah, we'll do it at the point where we're waiting for the pin number." Because right. I've been time efficient, right. so I'm getting text women people. Early celebration of it say, my mind, Ramadan. But the- <laughs> <laughs> it's Wham Bam Ramadan with Russell Brand. He sexualizes. Name a religion. I sexualize it. Festivals. Yes. <laughs> Krishna consciousness, yeah, Buddhism, all yeah, of them. It's bosom Buddhism. It's, we can keep going here, but yeah, we'll, it'll get worse. You'll, get, you'll have ten minutes on this by the end of the radio yeah, show. But you'll be phoning pacer. me, and we. Oh, oh penis pacer. It is in fact Yom Kippur today. <laughs> Oh, happy Yom Kippur! Thanks. Too, yeah? No, it's not happy. It's a really what serious you... festival. But well, uh, glum one then. It's a glum one. But what? I can't think of a Y, or it could be a K. What do you mean? Yummy. No, it's rubbish. <laughs> Yom Kippur. Stop trying to think of puns. I'm sorry, I've got all. I'm puns in the middle out. of a great sorry. anecdote. No, sorry, I've got all right, tabloid. Right then, so I filled up that caravan and had my photo done. I whooshed back to the house. I'm getting text messages. Oh, I'm on the doorstep. I'm on the doorstep. Ah, because this is terrible. You can't have them meeting each other. As we learned from Ghostbusters, don't cross the streams. Right. You must keep absolute control of the situation. So I've got back. Was there with well, the first one. I managed to manage that situation. Uh, you know, gave her a chocolate rabbit, which was you know very appeasing. Yeah. A lot of people like them. Just it's, to eat. Yeah, just did right, it. It, it, it went in her mouth. Because when it? you came round, yes, it did. Because when you came round today, I said I've got a, a, some leftover chocolate yeah, rabbits did, for yeah. Dolly and yeah, Ezra. Yeah, you I looked did. at me with disgust. I yes. said, they're still in the foil. Yeah, you didn't worry. You said about four times they're still in the foil, yeah. meaning they haven't come out of a woman in the wrong way. <laughs> it's not a sodden mass yeah, yeah. of what was once chocolate. Yeah. Some chewed up, desperate yeah. reindeer that looks yeah. like it's been but in a row. You used to do some material which I knew was absolutely true based on minstrels. Yes, and the. I think you call them the bum half-life or something of minstrels. Uh, actually, they were Cadbury's mini-eggs. <laughs> and, uh, okay. And I said, I yeah, they've got half-life. And they go, they go in all pastel-coloured yeah. and joyful and come out like jaded Vietnam vets. <laughs> <laughs> well, exactly. That was my concern, <clears throat> I think, about the... Uh... Well, it, it, it was an unjust concern because they were only used as confectionery, as a okay. matter of fact. So then, and then, other, but what, what became very comical is my uh, entry system to my house, and indeed my heart, is like a, a video sort of phone, and it kept bu- buzzing, uh, sort of inappropriate moments, and it was like a modern version of the sitcom Terry and June. Yeah. I'd be there with Woman A, yeah. and like, go, oh, okay, right, look, there's going to be some adventure. Yeah. I should explain that semantically, adventure means your <laughs> morals. You know that moral code you've yeah. been learning since childhood. Yeah. That's going out yeah. the window yeah. right so then like you know and then yeah. and that would be kissing and stuff and then somebody at the <laughs> door somebody yeah, at the door another the... person more people in the in the end i had to so i was like a bizarre ringmaster or the headmaster of a corrupt boarding school <laughs> having to say okay girls ah! <laughs> it's actually quite warming in yeah. a way because like, you know, there was points where i thought well how can this work there's yeah. too many people they don't know each other none of them knew all the others were going to be yeah. there yeah. You know, I had to hold it's together. It's a social awkwardness involved. 
involved in I have to the meeting of that. Did any of them know each other before from perhaps a previous orgy? No. Are they no. Facebook friends of <laughs> Russell Brand's orgy partners? What, what? There was literally no connection. I right. had to create that in the moment. But then, what if mm. in an orgy situation, yes. and I'm talking obviously about Russell Brand orgy, so it's just you and women, some woman says, Well, I want to be part of an orgy, but that woman over there. She, I don't fancy her. Well, they don't have to do anything with that particular one. They could pick another one or just be with me. Just right. pick an end. Right. Stay up there, see which end she's at, go to the other end. There's a particular me. thing I should mention, because we were, this is much more elaborate, but we did mention this uh, when I went around earlier. Mm. And there were two things I think which were kids. One is the sitcom thing. Yeah. It struck me that after a while, the sort of fourth doorbell ring would in fact be a vicar who would say, <laughs> I heard there was a Christmas party around here. But the most brilliant thing of all was that you apparently said to some of these women, blimey, the doorbell rings like a sitcom. It's like Terry and June, and they all went, what? What's Terry and June? <laughs> What's Terry and June? That was... uh, surely a small part of you, I know you always will have sex, yeah. and a small part of you felt despair at that of course, point, I wanted despair, them all to leave. But I knew that I would be able to convey this later on to perhaps you, yes. and I thought that will be the relief. Yeah, that's true, actually. I don't think, like, this is, you ha one must compartmentalise one's needs. I've always yeah. felt this, and that's what stops me ever being in a successful <laughs> relationship. Yeah. Because you can't, I can't come to you and say, oh, David, how about, you know, should we oil each other up? and giggle for a while no no more than I can expect them to appreciate a reference to uh, Terry and June <laughs> or Kierkegaard no you know, so like, you know, and all, not to say that there aren't women that pr appreciate both of them no. you know the diversity of those two disciplines well, Zadie Smith Andrew. is coming with me to this part and she is turning up here mm. so she'd be perfect for that she is married of course yes to but a poet she, you're always but, telling me Zadie Smith who wrote White Teeth White, the, White or, Teeth and The Autograph Man and recently On Beauty which was nominated for the Booker Prize right a fabulous woman fabulously beautiful woman and fabulously intelligent yes and I often think what would Russell be like with a fabulously intelligent woman but you may have have been with a fabulously intelligent woman. Well, yeah, but of I don't course, know if you have. Don't. You described one woman to me, and obviously I'm not going to give any more detail to who she was, but you said Matt Morgan describes her as a nerf, which is <laughs> what he imagines to be the inside of a Teletubby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Matt Morgan did describe one such woman as a nerf. Matt Morgan, of course, continues on uh, holiday. I believe now, oh, Bill Bailey, who oh, you described Bailey, as yeah. the nicest man in show business, yes. is on the telephone line. Hello, Bill Bailey. Hello, Russell Brand off of the uh, news and television <laughs> and all that. Hello, Bill, it's David here. David, Hello, David here. Bedell. How are you doing? Very well, thank you. I've just been very nice about you. Oh, have you? Oh, that's very kind. Yeah. You've been described as a man whom fame could not destroy or in any way toxicate, that you have yeah. remained true to yourself fame, and lovely. Fame could intoxicate. I'm impervious to the, uh, to the vices. Yeah, well, you, you seem to... Because I remember you, of course, when you were in The Rubber Bishops. Yes. Which uh, people should know is, in fact, a comedy music double act and not uh, something right. that Russell uses sure. for his orgies. Uh, yeah, and uh, it seems to me that apart it from It is being, actually something I use oh, in my okay. orgies, The Rubber Bishops. Especially <laughs> the Christmas ones. But <laughs> apart from the fact that you're now funny and have more lines and don't have the other bloke, you're yep. basically exactly the same fellow. That's You've correct, even got yeah. exactly the same hair, which is quite impressive, because yeah. I thought, well, that hair's going to go quite soon, about 15 years ago. Oh, we see, well, there's a kind of a makeover. I get a new agent or something, and I, get, I cut that off. Yeah. yeah that well, no, work. I thought you were going to go completely bald, Bill, is what I mean. Oh, well, that's very good. <laughs> but you sort of kept it, just kept it at the stage of backness that it was yeah. out 15 years ago. Uh, the Independent described it as, uh, I have a, 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 a face like a giant egg, hmm. and my hair hangs down my back like a shower curtain. Well, what uh, kind of image is that? That's an egg in a shower curtain. Which, yeah, unless Dali has painted that, I don't know where that ever happens in nature. <laughs> it's never occurred. <laughs> it doesn't sound like a review. It's only to me, as I say, it was more sort of biological field notes. Really, <laughs> describing a creature in the wild. Yeah. 
I'm very glad to hear you're not offended by uh, David Bedil's what I saw to be a thinly veiled attack on you, obviously, because I thought, oh no, what if David Bedil don't know Bill Bailey as well as yeah. he suggested, and yeah. it'll hurt Bill's feelings. Well, he's gone in too hard with, <coughs> the, what, with the hair stuff. Yeah. Yes. No, I, 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 felt, I, just, no, I just recoiled in horror. <laughs> yeah, I thought I think, oh, it'd be all right with the hair stuff. Because I thought, oh, yeah. look, it looks like David is handling this interview now. I can, <laughs> I can sort of purvey my notes for a little while. Yeah. And then I thought, oh no, he's going to hurt Bill's feelings. <laughs> Get, uh, you probably get some sort of hair hair comments. I uh, do. Yeah. Hair comments, yes. They sort of people, it's, in a way, it's nice because it will distract people from hurting my feelings in a more uh, genuine way. If someone genuine just says, way. oh, your hair is silly, I think, well, yeah. that's uh, tolerable. I can just go and get another okay. hairdo. Mm. Exactly. Like, it's not like but saying I, his soul is malevolent. But, soul. I, but yeah. well, I mean, you might not find this because you are someone who, to some extent, is just known for being handsome and attractive from my perspective. Who are you talking to now? He's you, talking you, to me, Bill. Bill. I meant you, Bill. <laughs> Although he's no, looking at me. No, what I was going to say was is that when people slag you off, critics or whatever, mm. I tend not to be that upset if you just go on about what you look like. I yeah. mean, Julie Birchall yeah. once described me as looking like Rob Newman's afterbirth. Right? Oh, dear, that's hurtful. But I didn't really mind it that much. What I minded was she went on in the same review to rubbish my second novel. And I, it's much more upsetting for me if she's going to say he's a rubbish comedian or rubbish writer. Then if mm. she says, I think he's ugly, that doesn't really bother me, but it may bother you. I don't like anyone to say anything mean about me well, ever, because no, I, no. but I just want to be nice. nice it's it? not nice, is it, Bill? Why no. doesn't everyone just give us a nice cuddle? <laughs> Why don't we just, yeah, like a karmic cuddle or, a, or a linguistic cuddle, a cuddle in, in, uh, in literary form. Any form, even if it's just hieroglyphs, a hieroglyphic snog. I don't mind it. I'll take it any way it comes. I'll a take metaphorical, it. even an imaginary cuddle. Even yeah, an imaginary whisper, a rumour of a cuddle that near was. Yeah. I'll take that, Bill. A lie. Bill, how? <laughs> a downright lie of a cuddle. <laughs> <laughs> Bill, An how? Empty promise. <laughs> how are all your animals, Bill? Uh, they're all very well, thank you. Yes, at this present time. Bill's got a parakeet. Mm. And no, 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 oh. cockatoo. Oh. <laughs> I've got two cockatoos. Yeah. A triton and a malacan. Oh. I also have a chameleon uh, uh, from the Yemen. Do you? And, uh, did you, and, uh, did you two, go to uh, the Yemen, or was it sent over? Uh, it didn't come from the Yemen, no. It was bred over. It was bred in Kent. Oh, was it? Yeah. But being a chameleon, it could the actually Yemen. look like the Yemen, wherever it is. <laughs> it's, it's seen a Hammersmith bathroom. That's all it's seen in its life. <laughs> oh, it's a shame to limit its references, Bill, because like, this chameleon can only really look like your no, bathroom just, ceramics. Does it actually look like tiles? Some photographs from a Yemeni tourist book and paste them around the bathroom. <laughs> does it have? Um, does it respond more powerfully to photographs of the Yemen than it does your bathroom no, rug? Well, I haven't tried it. Like, hold up a picture of the Yemen really quickly, and then yeah. hold up a picture of Chad and see how which way his head moves. That's yeah. a good idea. I'll go and do that now. <laughs> It'd be nice if by the end of the radio show we could establish once and for all just exactly what makes that reptile tick. Yeah, yeah. I, I got into a bit of an argument with my wife about what time to turn his light off. Oh, right. And, uh, we, that caused a bit of a row because, uh, you know, in a mild form, because uh, I turned his light off at half past seven and, and she would say to me, no, 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 give him another hour. When the <laughs> light is off, right, where a chameleon is, yeah. does it go all black? Well, it sort of no goes, one will it ever know. Of, it goes to sleep. And, and yeah. I said, well, it's, it's a low-functioning lizard. It doesn't really, doesn't care what time his light gets turned off. Yeah. Well, but why, yeah. why then, Bill, did you enter into an argument with your spouse if this yeah. low-level lizard didn't much care? Uh, was it worth fighting for? Well, she seemed 
to think it did. And she said, so was there, no, give it another hour. And I said, look, he doesn't, he doesn't know what it is. He why, doesn't know what it is. Why did it want... What, what, did she was thinking it wanted to watch Strictly Come Dancing or something? Why particularly? Well, she seemed to think it hadn't had enough daylight. And I said, that's enough. Surely it's had enough. It doesn't, it doesn't even know. It's, and even if it does know what it is mm, and, yeah. where it's, and where it is, yeah. surely it would be saying something more along the lines of, I'm living the dream. <laughs> well, I think if, if it knows where it is, it will be saying, I want to go back to the Yemen, yeah. I think. No, I don't want to be in Hammersmith anymore. It's, you know, there's a very low standard of living. I very mean, low. Not, not for mean, chameleons. Sure Bill has been very clear. That, that lizard is living the dream. <laughs> Bill has said he's given us it's in a monologue. But the dream is a Hammersmith bathroom. I give it locusts with special dust poured on top of it. Vitamin what? dust. Who among us doesn't crave vitamin dust? Shots. Is it really vitamin dust? What they like when they go with shreddies? Oh my god, <laughs> these shreddies are no good at all. Fortify them. Fortify <laughs> them with vitamins and minerals. That's what that's happened with the locusts, Bill. Yeah, that's with the lo you have to feed it live locusts. And I feel uh, there's a slightly more morbid <laughs> pleasure about dosing that you have to douse the locusts in vitamin dust oh. and, and they, where do you get the locusts some from some sort of anointing oh you're anointing me with dust and then don't realize <laughs> it's seasoning oh that's yeah. terrible because there must be a moment where the locust thinks vitamins for me i'll probably <laughs> live forever <laughs> it's a locust oh, i didn't know you can wait a minute you mean just on my back i hope i was a lick it <laughs> it's a locust alive because it is well, why don't you, you won't eat a dead one you won't eat a dead one why not no. Because it's the no, sense of the wrong signal. That. But I eat, I eat dead stuff. Why would your yeah, chameleon... You're, not, you're well, a fussy. <laughs> you're a fussy eater. You're a fussy human. He won't see it if it's dead. You know, no, what if you put it on a string? It's some sort of, I don't know, there's some sort of it's like nature. evolutionary bloody thing. It's been trained, because in the wild, a dead locust, presumably, that would be bad. So Bill's lizard... Yeah, but what you could do, Bill, is you could, you could put yeah. the locust, you could kill it humanely, I don't know how you do that, then you could put it on a thread... And you could just twitch it about a bit, and it would think it was alive. But it's already been clear that he can't be bothered to turn the light on and off. <laughs> He's not going to put on a puppet show for the entertainment of a lizard. Alien puppet show. <laughs> the Muppets, but for lizard. How long will it end? With his imagination, it'll be there hours. He'll have three or four acts. Yeah. Could destroy us all. He'd write a theme tune. He'd play about nine different instruments. Does his he... wife would never get to sleep. Does, does he just eat locusts? <laughs> he eats uh, well locusts and crickets. Um, <laughs> crickets as well. Locusts. Oh, he's a fussy. Man, only isn't he? Eat, yeah, only eat something which plagues. <laughs> <laughs> plagues have been nearly wiped out in Hammersmith <laughs> due to your chameleon. What's he called, your chameleon? Uh, he, well, they were actually provisionally called Posh and Bex. Oh, the two um, of them. Because they are sort of like showbiz chameleons, aren't they? Yeah. And um, and uh, but Bex uh, Posh died sadly. Right, um, this is the chameleon, not, you're not revealing something not, to the nation. No, no, not the We've got a special record for if that does happen. <laughs> There's a special box for if, if yeah. Posh or Bex dies, yeah. we've got a box in this room, so that it wouldn't oh. be left to Bill Bailey yeah. to break Very that. Sweet. We're yeah, a terrible no, mix-up, though. The chameleon form, yeah. And yeah. Uh, so he's, he's, he got... We got another one, we got another mate for him. Yeah. And um, she, she, she sort of escaped. Escape? Are you sure and she's the, not just there looking very like some tiles? <laughs> well, I did think that. I did. I did give a, a thorough, thorough search of the bathroom, but she got away. I don't know. He's, he seems to be a rather sort of uh, rather aggressive lover. I think that's what it is. <laughs> a rather and aggressive he, lover. Yeah, Russell, perhaps you'd like to come in on this. I've seen an opening. <laughs> the words aggressive lover have been mentioned. I've got seven minutes on aggressive lovemaking in the reptile community. And here are those seven minutes. <laughs> one thing I would say is that we are on the radio here. We could possibly put out an APB for the missing chameleon. Yeah. If you do, if you 
chameleon in the Hammersmith area. Yeah. Please return it to me. Yeah, what's that one called? Alert. That, well, that was... Well, we never got around to naming her. She, oh, right. she was a very attractive uh, female chameleon, and he just was... He went into a frenzy when he saw her. <laughs> really? He kept pursuing her around the bathroom. It's you, Russell. It's you. This chameleon is you. transformed <laughs> into a radio <laughs> presenter of some note. Yeah. Uh, I would like to say at this point that I don't think you can ever successfully retrieve a point and when, uh, a pet, and whenever you see a picture of yeah. one, I don't. I always think it's steeped Already in tragedy. Dead. Already dead. I saw it's one. A shame, isn't it? I saw one once, Bill, of a, a Jack Russell, and it was yeah. the, the, the Jack Russell was wearing a tie, and I thought, well, the Jack Russell is almost certainly only wearing that tie on a special occasion, and mm. I bet he wasn't wearing that when it escaped, and that's no. misleading. No. That is misleading. Yeah, that would be misleading. Yeah. You, would, you would be looking for the tie, wouldn't you? Rather yeah. than yeah. not. She was tartan. It was would, very arresting. I would go straight to. Cruffs, you see, because where else would they be yeah. wearing a tie? What other special event do dogs go to? Why would a dog feel the need to dress up? Yeah. I mean, like David, uh, Bill, I should tell you that David Baddiel has turned up here on this radio show that's pre-recorded in, in what can only be described as grim squalor, and he's dressed up to the nines. Yeah, I'm wearing... He looks like I'm... Antonio Banderas. He's <laughs> got that like, black yeah. suit on. I'm, yeah, if Antonio Banderas had really let himself go. But I, uh, well, I'm, what's the occasion of I'm that, going to so? a posh event, after, a literary event hosted by Sir Tom Stoppard oh, after God, this. I mean, yeah, but uh, that's. Get you. But that's. But I'm worried now. That I might go missing. Someone will take a photograph of me, and it will be misleading because I will be dressed up. <laughs> Where yeah, is that scruff like bed? It. That yeah. living dogs basket, <laughs> yeah. David Bedell. Yeah, they will no. only look for me at posh events. Is that the sort of thing you attend regularly? Then is it, David? The literary events like that? Major literary events? Ma yeah, I only. Major. I only spend my time now at major literary events. Yeah, is just it, that's yeah. all. All I ever go to is I, I wait at home for Sir Tom Stoppard or Sir Harold Pinter to ring me up. <laughs> I'm playing Tilly to the Nobel Committee. I do, it? yeah. Otherwise, I can't think what's the point in going, oh, I have to dress up. Bill? Yeah, I know, I, I haven't been out for a while. I went to, <laughs> I, 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 I opened a wildlife centre in Exeter. That was the last time I went out. Genuinely, did you open yeah, a wildlife centre? I did do that, yeah. Uh, did you take it, did you undermine it, or were you very supportive of it? I was this? very supportive of it, yes. Because mm. I don't think you can undermine such a thing. No, not be, really. It would somehow, it was beyond, beyond undermining. What, mm. did, what yeah. were the uh, chief attractions, to, uh, and, and um, the name of it, because this is an, an opportunity for us to promote it, as well as your tour, which we must also promote in the very same also, breath. The, uh, the one thing I have to talk about, of course, is the Albert Hall, which is occurring some, some uh, for me, a bit of a career highlight, which occurs next week. Congratulations. Um, what days I, can we see you at the Wednesday, Royal Albert Hall? Friday. That's the time. Is that Tinselworm? That's, no, that's my guide to the orchestra. I'll be Ooh, performing oh, with right. the BBC concert orchestra wow. and all things. Which what, would be, which well, that'd be brilliant. What will it be? How we, what will your guide to the orchestra amount to, Bill? It will be a, a sort of a, a subtle deconstruction of the orchestra in its forms, mm. um, with some uh, amusing commentary along the way, and uh, demonstrations thereof. How uh, many musical instruments? The clarinet, for example, the bassoon, the bass clarinet, how that often accompanies TV villains of the 1970s going indoors. Oh, no. Uh, ah, yeah, it does, always. with a muted trombone. It's, oh. a, it's, a, it's a, one of life's certainties. Yeah. And, um, and I'll be playing some of my songs uh, with an orchestral accompaniment. How many musical instruments can you play? 37. Oh, that's quite a lot, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it's an, a very impressive number. Yeah. Um, so on to Wednesday, Thursday and Friday at the Albert Hall, we yes. can see Bill Bailey deconstructing subtly orchestras and yes. accompanying noise for 70s, 70s villains going yeah, in and out of the house. Yeah, he's brilliant. Exactly, right. Is this just yeah. a one-off? Have you done this before? Um, we, I've done it um, uh, about three, we've done it four times so far, so it's, it's all kind of uh, still developing exponentially with yeah. each show. Yeah. And uh, I did it, it was a couple of years ago I did it with the BBC, the show, and then we've, we've I've just done two shows down in Brighton, and uh, what larks, yeah. I say, Pip.
What larks, Pip? Here, hold on, I'm going to help you to promote this now, and before we go into what can only be described as the news, where events that are happening nowadays will be summed up by uh, what I assume will be a lady. What she'll be wearing, we can never know, and what goes on beneath that desk is no one's business but her own. Bill, you are going to be going around doing your show Tinsel Tinsel Worm, going to... Tinsel Tats. (laughs) (laughs) That's a children's programme. Sounds nice. I'd like to see this. And you're going to Australia and New Zealand covering nine cities... Just nice. I've, done, I've been back. I've been there. I've come back. I came back Friday. Are you, are you all right? I'm about to begin a uh, what can only be described as a West End run. Of Bloody that, hell. Uh, can I say, I've seen Tinselworm. It's very, very good. And there's a oh, very right. specific thing, which I may have said to you when I saw it at Wembley, but it's yeah. incredibly suited. Comedy is a hard thing to do in a big arena. We've, yes. we've all done it, I think. I've done, done it in a big arena. Have you done it in oh, a big no. arena? You probably well, no, have. I've done some comparing and stuff, right. but I've not, but this is not but, your point. But, but, Wem- we but all it was know Wembley quite Arena. Nice. And, <laughs> and, and what I thought is, having done Wembley myself, is that it's quite complicated to do a great big room as a comedian. But yeah. what I thought is that Bill's show was the mm. best show I'd seen in a big room. So because, it's worth going to see him well, in a great a, big it's room. Yeah, it's really funny, but also because it uses a lot of music and a lot of big visuals, mm. it's a bit like seeing prog rock comedy. Prog rock comedy? It's kind of like prog comedy, and it really suits, therefore, a great big stadium in a way that comedy sometimes doesn't. I would like to go. What a fabulous plug for you, that is. Thank you very much, David. I, right. I, and I, I wish you all the very good best. <laughs> You're a with lovely Tom pair of gentlemen. Have a lovely time with Tom Stopper. The news is going to seem like a right little hogwash <laughs> after this. We've all conducted ourselves so well. Bill, thank you very much for coming on to my radio oh. programme and behaving with such dignity. Uh, I will be, uh, while no one can ever truly replace you, I will be warming your seat on Buzzcocks one oh. week. Well, uh, have a, have a very good fun. And remember that they don't let you keep the mugs. I would like to keep those mugs, and I was assured that I would be able to, but that's not no. true. That's no. the, just the first of many lies I've been told by Simon Amstel. No, exactly. <laughs> well, it's, a, it's a tissue of lies. <laughs> it really, really is. A fabric. Thank yeah. you very much, Bill Bailey, and good yeah. luck with everything in your life. And, and I think, give your wife the extra hour of bathroom light. OK, I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll accede to your feminine wiles. <laughs> if there's anyone you, uh, from whom you ought to take marital advice, it is confirmed <laughs> womaniser and bounder, yeah. me. Bye-bye, <laughs> <laughs> Bill. Nice Good to friend. speak to you. Bye-bye, Bill. There you Cheerio. go. Oh, bye bye, I Bill do Bailey. hope that chameleon turns up. I'm th- I suspect it's on top of Hammersmith Roundabout as we speak. I think it was clear to everyone that Bill has killed that chameleon <laughs> for sexual pleasure. <laughs> we still ain't finished my story. Oh, we still um, going with the story. Still going, but All we've right. got the news, I believe. Okay, well, Is it time for some off, news? You know what you should do? You should tease the listeners. Well, of course, you are a tease <clears> in many ways. You should tease the I listeners. I do little butt tease yeah, the listeners. With what's going to happen to your story at the end of, you know, in part two. Just to tell you what will be coming up in, in the second half of this radio show, we'll be talking to Richard Maidley, Rainbow George will be coming on here to try and crowbar some favour, try to frog march me into some oh, ill advised venture. <laughs> also, this show has regular items such as nanecdotes, where we uh, talk about funny things elderly people say and mm. patronise them. Okay. Also, there's a gay item, gay, where I help people with their gay problems. Lovely. Yeah, and that's interesting because you and I have a gay problem where you keep trying to entice my beloved. Tom yes. into a relationship with your own PA Dimitri. Yeah, that'll re- the people will relate to that, won't they? The ordinary <laughs> listeners. Here we you are, know, with you two know PAs, like. <laughs> both gay, oh. and we're trying to get them together. You know what that's like, listeners. <laughs> so, like, I once wrote a column where I lamented the problems of having a substandard butler while <laughs> writing my book in Tuscany. <laughs> if that don't reach out and touch you, I don't know what will. But oh, but hold on, let's listen to this email from Wills, dear Russell. Just in case you missed this bit of Jonathan Ross's program when you left it to do your pre-record, Dennis. 
Gordon was very nice about you. He said he was devouring your DVD, which his daughter bought. I hope that's not Dennis Norden chewing through the very material. I have a it. Dennis Norden anecdote. Of course but you should do. I tell it now or after shall we the, wait? After this email, I think. We've got five minutes till the news. That much is for certain. I'll okay. just finish this email. He said he was devouring your DVD, which his daughter had bought, and he said you're one of the group of today's comics that he really warms to. Oh, oh he said it's nice. my phraseology that he likes and the way he gropes for words. If you want to hear it, it's on Listen Again about 48 minutes in. That's not. <laughs> That's nice that, that person that. knows that I won't listen to the rest of Jonathan's no, show. Just get to not. the bit where it's me. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, for pity's sake. He could be a good person to speak to on air, perhaps he's pl- if he's plugging a book. Look, this person's trying to produce our show now. If you don't mind Jonathan's sloppy seconds, but well, you need to do your research. Oh that's, that's unsettled uh, you as a sentence, yeah. isn't it? Um, on that note, actually, this isn't the Dennis Norton anecdote, right. which is very funny, the Dennis Norton anecdote, but uh, one thing, I, if again, whilst I'm on the radio, there's a, the funniest thing I, think I ever saw was on an episode of It'll Be Alright on the night, mm. and what it was... <laughs> Stop picking off when I even think of it. Is you know dogs occasionally when they're yeah. going down a bank oh my God, or something. Is it that songs of praise one. I've yeah, seen that. going that down a bank, they like to rub, rub their bums or on, on the, the grass. They do on carpets. Yeah, they get, they get dogs their, are known they, for they get this. their back legs forward and they sort of scrape their asses along anything to sort of rub their to rub their bottoms. People yeah. are aware of this phenomenon. Yeah. Well, this is g- some people may not know this. You, they know you that. picked up no, no, that. But this yeah, is you, not like oh, you know, it's like when your gay PA like David Badil was trying to get his gay PA out of you. Oh, you know, it's like. When you're a battler, or yeah. you know that... what it's like when you've got six women coming around. Yeah, it's not that. Yeah, <laughs> the but... everyday problems of a millionaire idiot. <laughs> no, yeah, this it's is not more... that. But dogs you drag knew... their bums. We all know that. Yeah, but you knew straight away the uh, songs of praise thing. But what it is is that which most people probably don't remember because it's on about four years ago oh, or no. longer. Ten it's years. A, it's ten years ago. It's a bloke in a kilt, I believe, singing a really, really big hymn with a dog, like yeah. it's like a sheepdog figure with a crook. Yeah, and, and he's been very singing, religious. Being really religious and solemn, and then the dog starts doing his bum scrape <laughs> down the riverbank. It is the funniest thing I've ever seen. It, Never found it on YouTube or anything. It looks like he's gleefully undermining all religion. Yeah, it looks like the yeah, dog's got intent. Yeah, it's it the looks the like saying there thing. is no yeah. god. Yeah, there is most, no god. It's deeply subversive. It's incredibly funny. We've got a vicar's son back. Nick, the producer of the show, <laughs> is a vicar's son. Is so uh, yeah, be careful in your attacks on Christianity that have been relentless <laughs> yeah, since the stopped. show began. Well, God, what was that? Songs of praise. It'll be all night on the night. <laughs> reference god is indeed dead steady <laughs> first nietzsche now this yeah, now what's next the bloke from songs of praise <laughs> but listeners do i wrote me on this show for a while possibly never listeners, listeners but if you do know that don't know, what... listen to granddad we don't talk like that no more <laughs> well, don't you have listeners tim westwood what do you have you just is it just a shout out <laughs> shout out you slot for christ's sake <laughs> oh we're having a heck of a show a shout out to you songs of praise watchers blow this for a Giggle. Uh, <laughs> yeah, go on. Get on your bike, mate. See? I'm right yeah, up yeah, for you're the there. It's got me time for the news, hasn't it? <laughs> it's not time for the news. I've just heard the show's going no, so well no. that nothing is relevant anymore. <laughs> oh, God. The news the has been disbanded. Oh, all banks have fallen, but no one will know no one cares. watching this show. Everyone rec- recognises instinctively that they don't need money no more. No. Now they've got me in my glorious utopia. Yes. And all you- that can happen is, is that mm. people can watch you and, and empathise with how good your life is, and they won't care that they have no money left. They won't poor. care about care. their financial yeah. crises. The people are going to lose their They'll money anyway. Live through you, at the Russell. point of death. They'll live through you. And live your, through me. Your, your messiah of sexless. <laughs> also, though, I've got other philosophies about. Have you? Yeah, because guess what? The other day I met a Swami. I was staring at him. Oh, we were right. talking about spiritual matters. Yeah, this is always when I start worrying about you. Reality you start to dissolved away. I don't mind the whole sex thing. I love the whole sex thing. It's very interesting. Mm. But when you start talking about swamis and stuff, that's when I know oh, he's gone mad. Just because I, I, he's I, gone mental. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it would happen. <laughs> that was the Sunday's. What was the song, David? The song is called Another Flavour and it was a 
originally the theme tune for the show Newman and Bedell in Pieces, which was on television quite some time ago now. Um, that was when you broke away from... Uh, Punt and Dennis. Punt and Dennis. Of, yeah, we did two seasons of Mary White's Experience, and then... And then Rob Newman basically said, I want to do our own show. I didn't really mind, but he said, we want to do our own show. Were you voluntarily with Punt and Dennis in the first place? No, we were put together by mm. Radio 1, in fact. The Mary Watch Experience had four series on the radio before it went to TV. Mm. And Radio 1 just put us together because we weren't necessarily natural stable mates of Punt and Dennis. But no. I like Punt and Dennis very much. They seem like lovely fellas. No. What did you, I remember because, of course, at the time, Newman and Bedeal, very, very exciting for us all. All yes. Wembley Arena. Yes. Well, I like physically you, attractive. I you like to refer to say I like. But I've now associated myself just with you. You mm. like to refer to the work that we did as John the Baptist to your Christ about the fourth time that yep. you've now referred to yourself as Jesus. Getting it out there. <laughs> yeah. The idea yeah. that I'm the new Jesus. Indeed. But uh, the rock and roll comedy thing, I suppose, did lead eventually to you, mm. one, one might say. Where do we go from here? Yeah, yeah. I've become a sort of old manager figure or possibly old rock star figure who just hangs around slightly fat. And his best work is behind him. <laughs> Terrible uh, what you've become. Yeah, but look awful. at the glory of me and, yeah, exactly. and me hot tub. Yeah. I suppose well, hip-hop is the only place that comedy can go if we take the lineage of popular music, which yes. is what we're doing. Yeah, well, there will be comedy hip-hop, I imagine, somewhere out there. I suppose so. Yeah. Deaf comedy. And so I suppose Westwood, that sort of course, of thing. is basically that. Uh, Tim Westwood certainly has an awareness of comedy. Yeah. And another man who is deeply, deeply funny, but never takes himself too seriously, nor could he be called an academic of comedy. This is a link, isn't it? Uh, it's brilliant that you spotted that. <laughs> what? He's not there? No, he's not there. Oh, he hasn't called. That was a completely unnecessary oh, link. Well, I'll tell a story about him. I was going to mention Richard Madeley, yeah. but this, uh, the fact that he's not already on the line gives David Baddiel yeah. an opportunity to tell a story about yeah. Richard well, I was Madeley. On, I've been on Richard Madeley quite a lot, hmm. and... Uh, the first time is I, that a boast? Because it sounded like it's one. meant to be a boast. Yeah, I'm very proud of it. <laughs> no, the first time I ever went on, mm. uh, they were a bit worried about me. I think they thought I was going to be uh, trouble for some reason, like in a John Lydon. Way. Sort of, well, possibly. How ridiculous! What a very, very silly idea. You're very well mannered man. I, I am an incredibly well mannered man, but I think because that was quite early in my career, and I was associated with being a bit laddish, mm. they thought, oh, perhaps I'll be trouble. Um, and you might I knock think, over a tin can. Yeah, but mm. what happened was, in fact, was that Richard, sort of slightly, I think, thought oh I know I'll make you feel comfortable by playing up to that side of him so oh. he, actually, he actually said to me about Alva through the interview so now this laddish thing mm. it pisses you off a bit right this is in the morning he <laughs> so said it pisses you off a, a bit word. and seriously Judy looked at him like he'd just murdered one of their children <laughs> it's incredible and this is what happened right she turned to him and she said I think you should apologise right mm. and, he, and he said to me I'm very sorry, David. She went, not him, to the viewers. <laughs> <laughs> it was a very, very fine so moment. So he had to apologise to the viewers For on account of his language. Piss. I now think you probably could say that on uh, daytime TV, but then it was quite a thing. Yes, it, it was, was, and I think it's something that you essentially coerced Richard to do. I did. I feel sorry about it now, and I apologise to Richard. We've got for... a chance to apologise to Richard Madeley in a more personal way <laughs> right. on account of the fact that he is now on the line. Hello, beloved Richard Madeley. I just heard the, the back end of that, and I missed what it was. What did you make me say? I didn't make you say it, Richard. You said to me, when yeah. one, of the, one of the times I was on the show, quite early on, I think, you said to me, yeah. oh, this laddish thing, it pisses you off a bit. And yeah. Judy looked very annoyed. She ve looked very cross with you. And I actually sort of played up to this and said, oh, you shouldn't yeah. have said that. And yeah. then she said to you, I think you should apologise. And you said to me, I'm very sorry, David. And she went, not to him, to the viewers. <laughs> <laughs>
I don't know if you then made an appeal to camera. I don't know. It seems to me that you ignored her, to be honest. Callously. No, no memory of that whatsoever. Yeah, it's burnt right. into my memory. No, of course yeah, it is, right. because to you, that's a significant event. To Richard, that's just one of a slew of interviews. Um, yeah, it's also, every day. It's also, every day, I, I used to tell the story in stand-up, so that's <laughs> yeah, the other reason why I remember it. But I bet if we were to ask Richard about my appearances on his TV shows, he would pause for a moment, perhaps <laughs> then light a cigarette, and tell you of the life-changing experiences he's had with me on his various shows. Is that right, Mr. Maidley? Yeah, I couldn't have put it in finer words myself. Absolutely. I, mean, I would dispute know. that because I've seen you've got a book out now and it's brilliantly written. Oh, how sweet of you, my dear boy. Have you, have you actually read it, really? What I've done is I've read reviews of it, oh. and that's as far as I'm prepared to <laughs> go on reading any books. virtually reading it, isn't it? And also, I've read two, two interviews. I read the one that was in The Observer, Richard, and I read one, I think, that was in The Times Culture. Two of them, and I thought, what I, what I thought was, you've been a bit blasé about being whipped with bamboo cane, and I'd like you now to play it up a bit, because <laughs> anyone who gets whipped with bamboo cane, unless it's like a panda and it's consenting and as part of their mating rituals, which don't happen often enough, layabouts, or their eating rituals which they're keen enough to do dirty devils they should people deserve a bit of sympathy now what on earth was going on dear richard it, it, okay it, it was it was a it was a very bleak sort of two-year interval in, in my childhood i had a really really lovely father but mm. he was he was fairly screwed up deep down because he'd had a very very cold relationship with his own father for reasons which i go into in the book and uh he, he, he overcompensated for that he was he was very very kind of touchy-feely with all us kids he was lovely but there was a lot of buried anger in him because of his childhood and it kind of just surfaced without warning when i was about eight i'd done something i don't know eaten an extra chocolate or i mean something ridiculous and uh, you're a devil child maybe <laughs> and there's not enough bamboo cane in the world to administer the justice that's required <laughs> anyway I, oh yeah it's, it's a really funny story this keep going i'm interested all right no no you you, you, you interject and, and, and lighten it because it's a heavy tale. Okay. He, uh, no, he, he, turned me, he turned me to face uh, a painting on the, on the wall and, and just left the room. I thought, he'd never hit me in my life before. I thought, what, what's this about? And I thought it was a painting that my grandmother had done, a beautiful painting of a, of a, of a Canadian lake uh, in, in sunset, covered in, in autumn leaves and with rocks poking through the surface. And I thought, well, maybe I've got to count the leaves, like, you know, right. like doing lines. Or something. Oh. And then I heard the shed door in the garden open, this mm. weird sort of scraping sound it always made. And that was the last time that I heard that noise without feeling fear because what he'd done, he'd gone to get a big bamboo cane, mm. as, you, as you described it. And he, I didn't know that, and I saw looking at the wall. So he came back in, I heard him come in, and I thought I was going to be told to count these leaves or something. And it then just felt, because he went right over the top, it, it felt like my, the, the back of my leg had caught fire. And actually, mm. I, thought they, I thought they had, because I could hear this crackling noise, and that was, that was the stick. And then he, it, my, then the bum, uh, and then I sort of, I was only eight. And I, I don't want to make, make light of this at no, all. It's a very, but but is, like is, that, to, is that how you got the idea for that quiz you do, where you face away from the telly <laughs> and various things come up and you have to, we have to make you but, say what's on them? Is that how you got the idea? Please, please don't talk about you say what you pay. Yeah, well, <laughs> I have now. I've talked about it, to be honest. even more painful than We say Richard Pays with, ba with bamboo cane. I am interested. costs. And this is where you start paying. I'm, in also, I'm interested you, in, in the fact like, that he you, made you, you look at this painting of your grandmother's because... No, that, that was just a, a convenient focal point. A, that, exactly, that was a convenient Don't way to, drag get to look around. Don't drag his nans out into this, David. It goes on, and I turn around, and he was aiming from my back, and he got me on the upper arm, and it was absolutely agony. I kind of fell to my knee. Knees, and, he, and he just sort of threw the stick down and said something about, you know, don't do it again, and walked out. And, I mean, it really <laughs> seriously hurt. And I thought, and then I had this sort of slight fantasy that, that my mum would put the kettle on, because I could hear the kettle whistling. Um, and it what wasn't. That cover you in boiling water? <laughs> <laughs> That was your warning, Richard. Come to boiling water. 
That's awful, Richard. I feel really sad for you. But was it? Did you after that manage to get back on good terms and that never yeah. happened again? Please tell it me that. No, it happened, it happened, oh. it happened about <laughs> twenty <laughs> times. Oh no! Until I was about ten, and then and then uh, he kind of saw the light for reasons that I go into in the book. And right. you know, usually violence doesn't stop. Usually it, it's an, you know it's endemic, and, and and you know people like that can't stop. But he did. Was it always was a very, bamboo cane, or did he use other implements? No, not not at all. He, he, he one morning he gave me an unbelievably humble apology. Um, oh, really? I've never had an apology like it from anyone, and <laughs> promised never to. Do, and he tried to explain what had been going on. And, it was a bit Freudian, but I kind of got it. And no, and after that, I could trust him, and we got back to a very, you know, close relationship. That's only a very small part of the book, but Richard, it's, it's, a, it's an important. One. I think it's a testimony to you as a man, and what a lovely gentleman that you that you are. That you have not attached any bitterness to that, and you have see, been able to have the emotional maturity and strength of mind to see it as an isolated event and not used it to get all twisted and unusual because yeah. you seem like a person who's yeah. not all, all worked up about life at all and yeah. I think although it's if we force lovely. it if we absolutely force no, it don't in force a kind Richard of S like way down. I could really I think I could still make him twisted <laughs> what reference I think to S <laughs> I mean, you can't I do think, it happen on our radio I, show I, S was a, a psychological movement in the 60s encouraged people to get in touch with their feelings yes. not to get Richard Madeley to break down Richard let's not let's build Richard Madeley up okay. let's not break him down okay. let's right. celebrate Richard Madeley I only want to break him up to build him up first you don't need to break him down. Let's build on these possibly shaky foundations right. till Richard Madeley genuinely believes he is a god king. Untouchable. He is a god king. There's no question about that. Oh, so, right. so, Richard, but presumably the book is not just uh, about terrible abuse. Uh, presumably it is also about, you know, the happy times. Well, it's called... It's, yeah, but I wasn't being beaten. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's, it's called Fathers and Sons, and it's, it's, it's a hundred-year sort of saga. It starts in 1907 with, uh, with my betrayal of my grandfather. Right. Um, he, was, he was abandoned by his family and left behind when they all emigrated to Canada. He was traded in, basically, for tickets. Right. Um, and he had to live with an uncle. Who what were the tickets the for? To Canada. To Canada. 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 Traded in for tickets to what? Canada? Yeah, hold on. Yeah. I've been to Canada. And frankly, I prefer a child. <laughs> <laughs> but hold on, I don't understand. Perhaps if I'd left right, my I'm children with you long enough, you could have bought some plane tickets with me. I'd have kept the children, they're lovely. <laughs> Dolly and Ezra. No, Dolly and things. Ezra are absolutely lovely. And I, frankly, you'd have had to have at least first class to perhaps New York for me to be at all, at all appeased by the fact you'd swap them for any kind of travel. <laughs> Look, David, I'm having a lovely holiday. I know you're going to miss those children, but Montreal at this time of the year is to die for. Come on, you're still fertile. Have more kids. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awful for your great. Is it the grandfather, your great grandfather? Was, no, it, was it, left it was my grandfather. He was, he was, like I say, he was ten. He was in a big family of kids, and basically his dad went broke, and they were going to be out on the street. Right. So uh, he went up to see his his, uh, his older brother, who had a, had a farm way out in the countryside in Shropshire, and uh, he said, "You've got to help me. I'm going to be out on the street." And the guy said, mm, "You've got no collateral, Henry." And the guy said, "Well, uh, you know, what can I do? I mean, I'm broke. That's why I'm coming to see you." And he said, "Well, I run a farm. Uh, you've got a lot of kids. Uh, there's that ten-year-old boy, Jeffrey. Right. He's old enough to start working." This is like roots. This is awful. This isn't like. This is awful. This happens in Nanny McPhee as well, except there's a happy ending in Nanny McPhee. <laughs> Richard, your life is a cross between Nanny McPhee and Roots. <laughs> yeah. You thought, were you held up at any stage by a slave? Did that ever happen to you was as a I baby? That's the image of Roots I always have, is that as a baby, Kunta mm. Kinte is held up, isn't he, by his dad into the air, yes. saying, I will one day be free. And as we found out, Richard is not only free, but he has his own show on television. Not, so, of course, <laughs> that we are comparing the plight of millions and millions of Africans to Richard Madeley and his leg lash, although both <laughs> things were terribly, both, terribly wrong. Both wrong. <laughs> both and, wrong. And the swapping of children for... Don't tickets. swap children for, for tickets. For tickets to go to Canada is also wrong. We should, we should make that clear. All of these things are basically wrong. Yeah. Except okay. for Richard himself. The only thing that is right is, is you say we pay. 
Yeah, that's all right. Um, in fact, even that's been scandalised. No, actually, maybe that's wrong too. Nothing's yeah. wrong. The whole thing yeah. is wrong throughout. Yeah. It's a disaster, isn't it? Yeah. This is a hundred-year tragedy. What's yeah. Judy Let's doing now? Is um, Judy is Judy in the house? Perhaps rolling yeah. her eyes. Oh, no, Judy, Russell's <laughs> going to ask what Judy's wearing any second. I can see. I'm it. not going to answer that because I can't tell you. I've just mm. got in. Um, I think she's watching The Simpsons in bed. Oh, oh even that's quite exciting. I it think. is actually, <laughs> yeah. especially as I know for a fact that The Simpsons is a euphemism in their household <laughs> for erotic <laughs> mixed race pornography. Judy's <laughs> 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 watching even now. Darling, <laughs> she's watching <laughs> Bros and Hoes. That's <laughs> <laughs> Judy's favourite website. Bro I should tell you, Richard, our listeners, Russell's starting to do something really weird with his legs now. I've never seen anything like it. It's sort of of like half frog. He's suddenly become so excited. Listen, mate, what that is is eroticism and dancing, something that you used to represent in the good old days of Newman and Bedeal in pieces. I never represented that. You did. (laughs) To me, you did. You were an icon of it. It was indie shuffling. Yeah, it was actually. It was much more indie shuffling. Uh, Richard Madeley, thank you for coming on the radio show. Hold on a minute. Let's plug everything that there is to plug. You're going to do a new TV station. Haven't you been given your own satellite or something <laughs> unusual? Well, Haven't you got your own country? What are you, you're on, yeah, what channel are you on? We've launched a channel. It's called Watch. Oh, my it's goodness. On, it's on what? It's Sky 109. It's on version as well. It's on the front. It's on the first page of the EPG when you go to Sky. And it's second from the bottom, which is good. It's on the front page. It's, it's called Watch, and the show goes... It's going out now, actually. Like, I don't understand. Um, it's on Sky 1, but it's a separate channel. No, it's on... I'm saying, if you've got Sky, then you go to, you go to the EPG of Sky, right and you'll see it. And it's, it's, it's a UK TV channel. It's a brand new one. It, Launched on Tuesday, it's called Watch. and we're, we're at the centre of it, and it's called uh, the show's called Richard and Judy's New Position. Yeah, I I, I, I heard about Ooh. that. I thought yeah. that was a little bit lewd. Richard, I've got two things I want you to bring up. That was loose. Yeah, lewd, lewd, not oh, loose, lewd. Richard Judy's new position. I think it begs questions. David, you must now allow me to interact exclusively with Richard okay. on two points. Okay. Here are these two points. Richard, yeah. Yeah. in an interview, you named Cuban leader Fidel Castro as the person you most despise. Why? Good old Fidel Castro. I love him. <laughs> He's a monster. No. Oh, that monster. lovely beard. Socialism. He's, he's yeah. got it all. So, you know, as, as you are disappeared, you know, you, clinically and efficiently and are never seen again, you think, well, at least he had a nice beard. And a nice hat. And a nice hat. Do you remember and that? The hat, yeah. Yeah. It's quite a nice square baseball hat thing, yeah. sort of half military yeah. but quite trendy. I don't think those people do disappear today. I think it's lovely in Cuba. I went there once and had the time of my life. Yeah. Well, it may have settled down a bit now, but did, a lot disappeared, mate, about 20 years did ago, you do, years ago uh, when he uh, took over, believe me. Russell, did, did you do any political activism against Castro whilst you were there. No, I Actually, celebrated him. that was what you him. did, right, for not disappearing. I you s- see? What I said was, <laughs> good on him. Yeah, I well... said two thumbs up <laughs> to Fidel. Yeah. And what Raul and Shay, all of you, all you're of, all great. All of the South American politicos you can put on posters. Any, any iconic figure. Guevara was a total tosser. Oh, my oh, Richard, no. now Richard Maley's got too far. If I had a bamboo cane, <laughs> I'd be right around that record. <laughs> right, get that grandmother's painting. You say you pay this time. Oh, you God, Russell's doing the leg thing again. <laughs> doing the leg thing. Oh, my God. You've got to think you are, Shaker. That's another person you think you are, along with yep. Jesus. Anyone who's quite handsome with a beard, you think <laughs> you're them. If you're quite handsome, <laughs> if you've got a beard, hey, baby, you might think it's weird, but I think that I am you. I'm iconic. I'm not ironic. I means it. I'm a new spiritual Jesus revolutionary spiritual socialism. I'm going to get an island. Are you? We're going to start sort of this Soviet system. We're going to spread it all over the world. Right. I'll still be basically me, yeah. but there's going to be a lot more political power. But there's going to be co- but the thing is that the, in the interface between sex yes. and that kind of messianic stuff, yes. you have Charles Manson. 
That's ah, what worries me. That's good what point. worries me. Good looking guy. And nice David, beard. David Charlie Cook. Manson. <laughs> Lovely beard. <laughs> now, he never done anything. People criticise Charles Manson, yeah. but he was at home while the murders went was on. He, was he? What about David, David Koresh, whatever his name David is? Koresh. He Koresh. was basically a nice guy. All was the only problem was he had a few rifles in the basement because oh. people were mucking him around. The bloody FBI. Here's my new list of things. <laughs> Charles Manson, a nice guy. <laughs> David Koresh, give him another chance. <laughs> All right? I'm going to record. If, if, if Richard Magley can come on here and coat off Che Guevara... Yeah, you can, you can say it right back to him. Yeah. Che Guevara, not as bad... And uh, David nice, basically I'm lovely guy. Off the track. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, all right. Let me just fill you in, David. Yeah. Shay Guevara, lovely fella. Lovely David fella. Koresh, good as gold. <laughs> uh, Charlie Manson, one of your own. He's what good about, people, Charlie. He's one of your own. Harold Shipman, he had a beard. Harold Shipman, I once heard him talking, right? And Did this you? Is, yeah, on this, this police interview. It's really good. His police interview, it was on this really bad DVD called Murderers. Here's some stuff about murderers, right? right? It was that sort of thing. And it was trying to say that these people were incarnations of Satan, right? Yeah. On the spurious grounds that certain satanic dates of significance coincided right. with either so their birthdays or conception. Doesn't involve satanic sluts at all. Not in this case. Right. Satan, although I did watch it with them, so <laughs> a little bit. How confusing. <laughs> it was. I was going, Jesus, girls, this is turning me on. Right, but anyway, there was this Interview, rare interview tapes of uh, Harold Shipman, and they, it goes, and they go right, uh, Harold. <coughs> that it's a bit curious, and it that all these old ladies kept dying after you pop round visited them. Yeah. He goes, look, these ladies were very old, constable. Women wear the people wear out. They get very old. They wear out. And he talks to that. He talks like that. He talks like that. They were people wear out. People he said, wear out. Yeah, he's a proper doctor. <laughs> he just said, they wear out. They wear Even out. you and I, officer, you will wear out <laughs> like that. Was he confusing people with the Duracell bunny? <laughs> if you look at the Duracell bunnies, they wear out. They wear out. They say they go on forever, but actually, they wear out. And so especially if you eject them. Uh, I've noticed that a Duracell bunny can be further curtailed with a cocktail of leaf or medicines. They wear out. Yeah, old Harold Shipman, he's, I'm not sticking up for him, actually. No, don't, let's not stick up for him. I, that, won't, fact, that isn't good. I would like to echo the sentiments of the Sun newspaper on the day he died. Ship, ship, hooray. Oh, that's brilliant. <laughs> that's fantastic, isn't it? Richard Maidley's still here. You're listening to the Russell Brown Show on BBC Radio 2. Richard, how did you enjoy that bit where we just went on for ages and didn't talk to you enough? Was it all right? <laughs> Well, I, I think if I had been one of the relatives of uh, those victims of Harold Shipman, um, I would have been a little concerned. Relatives? You're lucky you weren't a victim. <laughs> <laughs> oh, get on with the show, Richard! You have two points you want to make. Oh, yeah, yeah. you've got two questions asking. I wasn't supposed to join in. I ruined it. Yeah, you did it. I jumped in. I'm sorry. You I ruined can't it. Help you I was too excited by the whole Che Guevara thing. Oh, yeah, right. So basically, he's coated off loads of lovely Cuban revolutionaries. And now, lovely Richard, who my adore, listen to this. When he met Julie, and you're really struggling to stay out of this, David, because okay. like, you're getting an erection before yeah. I'm halfway through the yeah. When Richard met Judy... Oh, who, my God, it's <laughs> happened already. <laughs> she was assigned to look after him on his first day. She greeted him with the words, Hello, oh, no. I'm your, hello, I'm your mummy. <gasps> oh, really? That's the first thing his wow. wife said to him. I'm waiting for, to meet a woman that's going to say, Hello, I'm your mummy. Are you going to be a good boy for mummy? You're a oh. good boy for mummy. You're a good boy for mummy. There, there is a website called oh. www.imyourmummy.com. Is there? No, but there must be. Of course there is. <laughs> and I believe if you go to that, it's Judy. Yeah, she is. I've got more children here. Watching mixed race pornography. No. Richard's talking. What? What's Sorry. happening? Oh, Mate, you with just, one of your kids. I'm, Which one? Yeah, uh, Chloe, you just see if there's a website called www.imyourmummy. <laughs> Are you looking for it? Vintage Richard Are Mady you in the computer? He's using his child as a researcher. <laughs> What's Richard? No, when no, she finds it's going to be porn, Richard. There's got to be I'm Your Mummy. Well, close it down. Don't worry. We'll just see if there is one. It's either porn or it's a website looking for lost children. It's either porn or it's a website looking no, it doesn't matter. Hey, one and the same thing, Dave, if you ask me. <laughs> guys, 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 yeah. sorry, the Pantis is dead. It doesn't have any documents. 
What? There's no. nothing on I'mYourMummy.com? No. Nothing at all? Oh, it's a Google no. whack. Right, here we Whatever. go. No, no a Google whack means whack all day. I don't... Like, no, yeah. I'm your mummy. It must be. It must be. Come on, Richard. Try again. Right, Chloe's mistyped it. She is only six. So anyway, let, Richard, let's go back to Richard. I feel... I feel Richard, what... Listen, what was the other question? Oh, that was the question. That's the question. What did you say? Hold on. The reason... Hold on. We were Granada Television, and Granada Television had a, had a sort of a corporate policy that when somebody new came to the newsroom, a member of the opposite sex who'd been there for a while was assigned to them as their parent, and that was known as mummy or daddy. So frequently I would go up to women in the office, and I'd say to them after I joined for a while, hello, I'm your daddy. Bloody and so when Judy said that to me, Granada in the 70s and 80s was a hotbed. <laughs> it's like Studio 54. <laughs> yeah. It was. You're absolutely right. Things have changed. I'm telling you. It was. Actually, that's true about newsrooms generally. I mean, I started in 72 in local papers, and everybody was shagging. I mean, everybody. In <laughs> really? Every news- yeah, that's really. why local newspapers <laughs> are so rubbish. Because people, everyone's having sex. Oh, and I think someone lost a kite. What local newspaper <laughs> did you start on in 1972? What was it called? My first paper. Yes. I think you sometimes ask questions arbitrarily. I've been watching you, David Padil, and a lot of these questions, I I watch you say them, I think, what can, like, I suppose it's just your instinct that something funny will come from it. Something funny will come from it. I bet you now. It gets all academic. I bet you now something funny will come from this. All right, come on then. (laughs) This is definitely, we'll stake our reputations on this point. So go on, what was it, Richard? What was it called? The Brentwood Argus. Well, that's pretty funny. It was called the Brentwood Argus. What right? is Argus? I don't it's know. It's a oven. sort of it named Brentwood named itself to try and self-aggrandise itself after something mythological, <laughs> an Argus, which is, <laughs> I think, something that the Argonauts <laughs> fought for. But what I want to know is, what was your first story? Uh, church notes. I'm sorry. Church notes. Church notes? What kind yeah, of story? You, you went through the Paris magazines in Brentwood, and, and I did a summary of what the vicar had to say. That was the very first thing I had to write. Oh. Uh, can, you rem- can you remember what the vicar said? A lot's resting no, on this because it hasn't been sorry. that funny I so I far. David, I, already I've identified this as a cul-de-sac and yeah. potential edit points. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm still shoveling it. I'm trying my best. Yeah, let it go. Don't be a dead, don't, let, you know, don't attach pride to the outcome of this. There's got to have been a funny story. There's got to have been a funny story that Richard reported in on a, when he was a local just, news reporter. He started off saying everyone's having sex in the newsroom. That's where, that's the avenue. <laughs> Who did you have sex with, Richard? <laughs> have you got any photocopies of your own genitals no, from but, those days? But I thought possibly you would leave sex behind. It's a no, t- Perhaps a tiny no. bit rude one. For you, Russell. It's not Route 1. <laughs> it's intricate. It's sexy football, sexy comedy. It all works. It's the most intricate one. Stick a move. I'm rope a dope. It's got it all. <laughs> hey, Richard. Right, yeah. let's come on. Let's make sure we've promoted everything Richard needs because we've got a young man out there who I met on Pride of Britain okay. who's literally the Pride of Britain. He's the Pride of Britain, yeah. Yeah, he's literally out there called Ricky. I'll get him to tell us what he's done more specifically. But, he, you know, it's gonna. there's a bit where we're going to have to go serious about 20 seconds. Then you and I are going to have to stage manage a difficult issue, okay. much in the way that Richard would, by hurting in a nation's feelings. <laughs> now, Mr. Maidley, uh, yes. go on. So we're promoting your book, Fathers and Sons, which is about three yep. generations of your family and the way oh. that tragedy, four generations, yep. tragedy tumbles through the ages. I'm and sure comedy, that there's a larking poem. Comedy in between, comedy and sex. Comedy and sex, it's all yep. in there. No, <laughs> it's all there. <laughs> nice. And what's the other thing? You've got your own bloody channel. Is Oprah Winfrey the model for your career? <laughs> that's what it seems well, we, like. Yeah, book clubs, clubs potency, potency channels. Mm. Um, no, it's, it's called Watch, and uh, yeah, we're, we're the, kind of the, the main original piece of programming on it, and it's on at 8 o'clock uh, every weeknight, and it's repeated at 9 in the morning at 7 in the afternoon. You had me at hello, Richard oh. Maitley. <laughs> what, right. what is your new position? Would you, how would you sum up your new position? Uh, slightly embarrassed at 52, <laughs> but we you know, we can get on with it. Good. Oh. Perfect. <laughs> Richard, please, please give the affection of both myself and David Bedil to your lovely wife. Yes, please and do. And to Chloe. And I, I'm sort of aware that you're t- 
children must oh, be no, coming of age. No. They must be, David. Don't say this. He's their father. They must be coming of age. No, what do you mean I coming of age? What do you mean coming of age? We know so, what that means. They're old enough. Oh. A few years ago, I mm. took Chloe when she was 17. I took her to some big charity do that I was, oh, yeah. I was doing a gig at. It was televised. And David Wallings was there. The old dear. And she said, oh, do you know them? I said, yeah, sure. Do you want to meet? Yeah. So we took her across and she had a little chat. And then there was a commercial break and I'm going to the loop. And David Wallings sidles. He's a good mate. He sidles. He does sidle. He does sidle. And he yeah. said, he sidled, yeah, and he said, um, uh, you know, you're Chloe. I said, yeah. He said, how, um, how old is she? Oh. I said, she's, uh, hold on, hold on. I said, she's, uh, she's 17, David. And he went, computer says no. <laughs> Did he really use one of his own catchphrases? Yeah. Yeah. To permit your daughter's innocence to continue oh. for another day. <laughs> My word. I'll tell you what, she was tapped up on the same night by Mike Tyson. Bloody hell! Tapped she out of frying pan in the fire. This huge, oh, this huge mind that came to the table and, and leaned, I was sitting next to Craig, he leaned over between us and he said, uh, little lady, uh, I don't know if you know what Mr. Tyson is. That is the back. worst impression of Tyson. Yeah, that's Tyson's mind. That's Tyson's mind. Oh, no, no, it's Tyson's mind. Mind. oh I, sorry, I was looking for the list. I was looking for the list. I'm not doing a list. He said, I, I, he said uh, well, Mr. Tyson is in the hotel tonight. He would like you to join him in his suite for a drink. Right. And Chloe, all innocent, said, he says, oh, the world have it. Yeah, I'd love to go. And I said, no. No. He's no, you said, he's, he's, a rapist. Rapist. he's a rapist. That's what he should have said. Convicted rapist. He <laughs> I, as your father, think that's a bad idea. That's what you should have said. I think I'd be failing somewhat as a father if I were to allow you, my daughter, to go upstairs with a convicted rapist. <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly, so, David Williams, yeah. channel, <laughs> channel swimmer. David Williams seems like the angel himself, the Adrian himself to Mike Tyson. And where am who, I on this scale now that I, you're some more time has passed? You're somewhere in between, David <laughs> Williams. No, you're not actually. Williams, not no, as bad you're as Tyson. It's Russell did, Brand. Before you came along, mm. Williams was the big shagger, you know, he was, he was basically the man who was thought of as the celebrity shagger. You've rather ousted him there. Well, I don't know if that's true. He's there doing Pinter, brilliant Pinter, and I'm still out there Laying pipe for exactly. Blighty. Yeah, you are. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Maidley, thank yep. you very much for coming on our radio show. We'll, oh, we'll watch. Time. We will watch as you become a sort of cuddly Rupert Murdoch. God bless you, Richard Maidley. <laughs> thank you, Richard. Nice to talk yeah. to you. Bye bye. Bye guys. Bye. Bye, Always a pleasure. Bye. Where's well, my friends? My friends are supposed to be going out. I'm David, worried that they, they're downstairs. I don't think that. Oh yeah, all right. We'll get them to come up. Particularly one of them is Zadie Smith. Well, I'm Zadie Smith. Yeah, but I'm worried that they're just left downstairs. Don't worry about that. Okay. It'll be all right. Someone's gone out. Even as we were saying that, someone looked. Did you see someone I go by? I saw someone go, but that I thought was, they might just be running away. He's taking care of it. Let's get. All right. Let's play a record now. Uh, that will help. For we are going to play <laughs> the. Be I always feel a bit embarrassed when we play the Beatles, but we, it's going to happen now. Well, another story that uh, you told me this morning. Yeah. Right, is apparently you brought a woman, one of your many, to yeah. see uh, a friend of called David Arnold, who yeah. writes the music for the Bond films at yes. Abbey Road. Abbey Road. Yeah, and apparently, well, you can take up this story if you like. Well, there was a little bit where David Arnold, very kindly trying to keep conversation going, said, uh, oh, and of course, this is where the Beatles used to record. You've obviously heard of the Beatles. She went, yeah, I've heard of them. I've heard of them. The <laughs> Beatles. No, no, right? the it's Beatles. not like earlier on, we're talking about some women who didn't know Terry and June were. Well, that's bad. I don't <laughs> yeah. like it. Yeah. But it's sort of all right. You can yeah. understand it. The Beatles. The Beatles. It's like saying London. Yeah, I've heard of it. London. Mm, yeah. What's that Oxy about? Yeah. Well, I've heard of it. Yeah, I don't know whether I really, really partake of the it. The concept of language. Well, yeah, I've heard of yeah, it. I mean, I'm using it to convey honest. my lack of knowledge of it. I mean, who are you having sex with? There's youth and there's just damn bloody ignorance. <laughs> That's the trouble. Often the two of them combine yeah. in a glorious orgasm. Yeah. I'm here now with Pride of Britain, Ricky McCullough. Hello, Ricky. Hello, Russell. It was lovely to meet you at the Pride of Britain the other day. The thing I like most about them Pride of Britain awards uh, was meeting people. I met yourself there yeah. and that lad uh, Liam he was so lovely that 11 year old kid 
Yeah, 13 actually is, but yeah, he was in, he was incredible, really yeah. funny little sweetheart. But because <clears throat> now Pride of Britain was ages ago, will you tell us uh, why you was there? I obviously know it, but this is simply a device I'm employing so that you have to convey this information. <laughs> yeah, basically, I uh, was uh, awarded for the Pride of, uh, the Pride of Britain award um, simply because I was shot in 2005 uh, through the neck by a gang of youths, and um, as opposed to trying to seek revenge, I kind of turned it on its head. Uh, now I'm actually working with ex-offenders and vulnerable youth and trying to do music projects for them and really trying to tackle the issues that are on, on the street today around gun and knife crime. Well done, because I can think, I imagine a lot of people, if shot, would get browned off about it. That's, I think my reaction would be, right, well, society has shot me in the neck from now on. I want no more truck with people. I'd become a bit of a misanthrope. Yeah. But you've become much more lovely than you would have. That's yeah. what I really... Them, that Pride of Britain, although there's some bits of it where I thought, mm. my God, it's like emotional puppetry. It's making me... It's doing. It's crazy. Too much emotion in yeah. a condensed period of time. What I thought was, God, all these people have converted fear mm. and pain into something very positive. Yeah. Well bloody done. Thank now, you. it was a, a bit another level of tragedy on account of, weren't you a dancer before? Yeah, I used to be a choreographer and a dancer. I'd done a lot of work for uh, Mystique at the time. I'd done some stuff at Ashanti as well abroad. Um, yeah, so I had a quite blooming career as a, as a yeah, dancer. Yeah, you're doing yeah. well. Plus, you're from a much maligned demographic. You're a young black man, you've, yeah. but you've turned this, uh, like, getting shot into a right <laughs> lovely thing. Yeah. Now, tell us more specifically what you do. Right, basically, I've set up a project called Frosted Ice Inc. Mm -hmm. um, Frosted Ice Inc. Why Frosted. is it called that? Because ice is already <laughs> frosted. <laughs> You know what, to be honest with you, it's just a name that I came up with a long time ago when I was actually dancing. Mm. And I was doing like little music. Um, but you're literally dancing? Yeah, when I was literally dancing. <laughs> Hang on a minute! Why am I wasting my time with this foxtrot? <laughs> There's all language flowing through my brain. There you go, exactly that. Frosted so, Ice. Frosted Ice. So I, I really just tried to simulate and use the name again, like later on when I'm actually started up the, um, doing the projects. I do that. My yeah. company, right, it's called, sorry to interrupt you when you're talking about something really, really important about how you got shot and turned that tragedy <laughs> like some kind of alchemist of pain. Pain no. into glory and but, altruism. Talk but about yourself, did, Russell. Yeah, Vanity <laughs> Projects, right? My production company is called Vanity Projects. Yeah. Wasn't that a brilliant name? That's a bloody good name. It's good, isn't it? Vanity yeah. Projects. It's good that <laughs> even in describing the name, you are yeah. getting access and ego to your more stuff, more pounds to your vanity. <laughs> into it. What a great thing it is calling it Vanity Projects. I'm even vain about, <laughs> about using Vanity that. Projects. You're listening to BBC Radio 2. I'm here now with the adorable Ricky McCallagh. Tell us, so Frosted Ice, what do you do? What's it, what's it about and how does it help these exes? offenders and whatnot. Well basically I'm using music and media to, to teach youth mm. and to keep them off of the streets. Uh, I'm, I'm mentoring them and just really aiding them in, in, in into learning and in back into to training as opposed to running right on the streets and mm. you know just getting into bad bad behaviour. Nice one. Well yeah. done doing something practical. Bloody what else. kind of reaction do you get? To be honest with you, I've had like a good reaction for a lot of the youth. Don't, because he's because yeah. uh, I know it's a sort of a good question, but what I do is I establish intimacy with him, <laughs> right. and that means that I, what I can do is I can say stuff. I think I can't believe Russell just made that joke about him getting shot, <laughs> but it's because I've established this amazing intimacy. I haven't taken away from that you've intimacy with that question. Though, you've surely, the boat of my intimacy, oh, yeah, sorry. because I, I had to break their eye contact with him and everything. That's fine. That's fine. That's it's all right. No, it's, it's okay. I, was, it was, I can't remember what the question was. What reaction does he get with the people that he yeah. works with? Well, I'm right. All right, I'm going to answer that question. <laughs> 
you ask it. Oh, right, what they do, it. these ex-offenders, Dave, is they go, oh, you mug, I ain't interested in doing frosted ice. What is it, a cereal? What is it, cake? What is it? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I'm not Why don't you call it uh, cream fantasies ink or something? <laughs> you know, they, so let's get back to uh, Ricky's actual mm-hmm. answer. Yeah, my, what do they do, these my, fellas? Well, my answer to that question is, um, basically, I, they have been actually tall and they're... they're the, the way that I've actually seen them grow and progress uh, whilst they've been actually working with me, it's, be, it's been good. It's been of a positive nature. Yeah. And um, it's really like the, their mindset has changed. And that's, that's, what I'm, that's why, the reason why I'm doing the project, to, to, to help them and to aid them back into learning and to, to try and change the way, the, their way of thinking. And really, I'm trying to aid the youth into putting down the guns, putting mm. down the knives and just, you know. Before you, before you, that initial reaction, of, mm. uh, before that positivity, right, yeah. that, of you going, oh, I'm going to set up this frosted ice thing, was there a bit where you went, I'm really, really browned off about this shooting. To what I'm going to do is become like a visiting angel of death, going around <laughs> causing mayhem and chaos. Was there a bit where you thought about that? Nah, nah, nah. Well, to, to, to be honest with you, um, obviously, when I was in hospital, like, revenge, it, it did pass through my mind. Did it? But uh, it's never been my, my trailer for my real trailer for, so I, I, I never... No. Do you reckon, Ricky, you're an especially nice person or something? Or do you think that all of us have access to limitless compassion, whereby things that are making you unhappy inside, you could go, right, instead of being all bitter and twisted, I'm going to do something dead lovely. Do you uh, think this is a human trait, or do you think it's something specific to you, Ricky? No, I definitely believe it's a human trait. Oh, that means even I could do it. Russell Brand, of one of the could. most self-involved and brilliant men of my generation, yeah, well, helping others. What <laughs> is helping others? Your notion of compassion mainly involves having sex with them. <laughs> yes, <Somehow. it> does. <laughs> You are helping people by doing that. These ex-offenders, well, yeah. right, I've got this scheme, right? Yeah, yeah. Kids are coming out of ball stall. Yeah, yeah. They're coming straight into my hot tub. And we're making a kind of sexy Tuscan yeah. bean soup in Hamster. I'm going to ah. call it chocolate reindeer. <laughs> wow. Suddenly, knife crime don't seem so bad, they think, as they stagger out of my garden. They're putting down their blades. They're picking up the sex aids. These kids are going out there as sex machines. Yeah? School Jesus. It could work, couldn't <laughs> yeah, it? There you go, definitely, uh, most of Let's do some practical things. www.frostediceinc.com. How can people help you? Like, uh, right, firstly, how can I help you? But then, more importantly, how can people that work for me help you so I can just sit down and relax <laughs> while they help you? <laughs> um, do you know what? I, I just need support, like, doing radio shows and things like this, interviews with people like yourself. Mm. I just I need the awareness. That's, right. that's, what, that's what I really All right. need, the awareness. I'm going to make what I can only describe as a knee-jerk decision. Here it is. Every week, why don't you get some ex-offender you've worked with, right, and made, like, you make music with yeah, them, yeah, right? So yeah. you'll get someone who's done some balmy youth crime. Yeah. Like, the, the Daily Mail would go, destroy this person! <laughs> but the Daily Mail don't like me. So I'm against them guys yeah. already. And if yeah. my enemy's enemy is my friend. Mm, so yeah. if the Daily yeah. Mail don't like hoodies, yeah. hoodies, we're all part of a glorious <laughs> army. No, you're going to ask me if he couldn't bring one of these criminals into perhaps the Daily Mail's offices to get rid of some of that revenge stuff. Why maybe not? on the Daily Let's Mail. Let's not rule out revenge. Yeah. I don't know if you've read Titus Andronicus, but revenge has its place. We're going to lead an avenging army into the offices of the Daily Mail. Ricky's going to write the soundtrack. Yeah. We're going to storm them. We're going to mess some people I'm up. I'm up for that. I'm up for that. Nice, one. Well, yeah, great. Well, Ricky, you turned it around, Russell. Great. It was like a hip-hop Florence Nightingale when he came in here. Now he's ready to go out and kill people. Let's go get some guns go down to the Daily Mail. <laughs> We're going to pop a cap in somebody. We really are. We're really quite peeved about yeah. some of the negative press I've been getting. That Alison Borshoff, she's going to get it. 
Nosh off, nosh off, as I call her. Coat me off, with that, you cow. I'm going to make you so pregnant with my, oh my sword God. of justice. Oh, no. You raise oh, it, Bosh no. off. You raise it. You'll regret it. It would be complicit sex with Bosh off. I don't know what she looks down. like. Go on, then. So, what you do, right? So, is that what you do? Give us talk us for a bit, right? Some lad mm. will come out of ball stall. You go, right, come on, mate, let's do this. And he'll mm. get probably never had an opportunity to do anything creative before. Yeah, I've seen yeah. our kids grow up in that sort of situation, yeah. and it's a proper palaver. Yeah. Like, so, you give them an opportunity to be all creative, and they take yeah. to it. Yeah, definitely. So definitely. if you've got stuff like, will you next time you come on the show go, yeah, I've got this, this song was done by this lad, yeah, yeah, and I've, then tell us something titillating, go, yeah. this lad kicked over an old lady. Oh my what? God, listen to the poem, it's brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I'll go too much into depth into the things that they've done. But Why? Because yeah, it's got for legal reasons. Yeah, and also yeah. it might make us, <laughs> gee, poet laureate of the show, he goes in prisons, he goes anywhere, really. Yeah. He goes prisons, does work poetry workshops with like prisoners, goes oh. into schools, does poetry with kids. He'll take poetry anywhere. Him, he'll you name it, he'll I take poetry. Words to him, then. <laughs> to, yeah, yeah, why not? Because he's a yeah. do gooder. Yeah. Oh, he can't oh, do enough good. So many do gooders in this show. It's fantastic. Ben you is, have brought them it's here. It's amazing. By Me. the power of your Jesusness. Right? Do they flock here, of course. Kindness yeah, and love all around me. Yeah. Oh. Love this guy. See? Love him. I'm the eye of the storm. I'm the selfish eye of a storm of human <laughs> kindness. All right, so from next week on, what mm. we can do is get, uh, you can bring, I don't know if we want the actual offender in here, because I'm, I'm <laughs> no. quite vulnerable. Yeah. Because <laughs> if, what if you hurt my feelings? Nah, you wouldn't I, even I, have to be a knife crime. You could just say, you? I don't like your eyebrows. You. That's my worry. You won't kidnap you. Well, he's not coming. I don't want to. The nation him. would have to pay. <laughs> the bailout would have to be switched to you to bring them, bring you back. Hang on, this could really galvanise people <laughs> yeah. at a time oh. of financial need. <laughs> Let's get behind this. I could be a kind of sexy pudsy bear. Let's save Russell Brand yeah. before it's too late. And oh, no, can you then? Yeah. If I, if you've yeah, got no, that. no, no, definitely, definitely. I've got, I've got stuff already that's, um, that's been created by some of the kids. And some have of you? How old are yeah. they? All between thirteen and nineteen. Really. Oh, that's all right. They're yeah. good as gold age. Yeah. They won't. Uh, they're not rubbish, are they? No, no. Because if they on. come on this radio show and their work's not that good, Only David Deal will judge creme it de de completely judge, objectively. Yeah, yeah. and I then they'll get crossed and they won't shoot you. I once heard. Of, <laughs> no, I, I would not be objective. I just go. It's really good, mate. <laughs> yeah. I never offer any honest critical opinion to anybody about anything. Anyone ask me, what do you think that? It's good. Well done. Well done for doing it. You call President Bush a retarded. Cowboy. <laughs> he deserved that. He's done a lot of work, <laughs> good or bad. It still worked. He was trying to it. All right, I'd like to take this opportunity to apologise to Bush. He's trying his hardest. <laughs> well, well we done, mate. You're doing a difficult job. If only you'd done that. Yeah, I noticed you did it to the Jonas Brothers. I didn't, you didn't actually. That was a setup of a joke. That was a setup of a joke. <laughs> I went. Uh, uh, oh, I'm so, I'd like to apologise to the Jonas Brothers. I don't want to piss off any teenage fans. Quite the opposite. I'm not saying I want to piss on teenage fans. You had a little bit of bother with that a few years ago. Yeah. Brilliant R. Kelly joke. Very they yeah, cut good. out that last bit. Oh, yeah. Made it look like a genuine apologise yeah. as the Queen Mother says never apologise never explain have a bit more fishbone love Ricky <laughs> why don't you come back here you come back here next week oh she's dead now sorry about yeah, that yeah. you come back here next week and uh, you know bring cool. us some music do you want us to read anything out no I was going to say you're a nominee for a MOBO yeah I've just been nominated have for you? a MOBO well done yeah. congratulations have a MOBO <laughs> can someone have turn up here wants a MOBO <laughs> and the Pride of Britain Awards, oh, it must be a first. This can't have never have happened ever before. Yeah. Mobos, Pride of Britain. I'm just trying, I'm trying. What's next for you? I'm, I'm trying to be like you. Good, no, 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 bloody no. good job. Really? He's an eager maniac, he's yeah. halfway there. Yeah. Yeah, hold on a minute, what's the MOBO for? It's a, a new award that they uh, publicly released uh, two years ago. It's called mm -hmm. the B-MOBO Award. It's for young people and, uh, and organisations that are trying to make a difference within, within uh, their community. I hope um, they've considered that. me and Vanity Projects hey. in that category. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't seem very fair that I've been overlooked <laughs> by the MOBOs. The MOBOs themselves will lose credibility if they 
they don't acknowledge me in some way <laughs> this year. I feel. Some kind of shag bow that may eventually be inst- instituted, which you will definitely win. I already won Shag of the Year two yeah, years two running. Years First running, person ever to do it. Hus, 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 hus. I'm the Jesse Owens of sex. I've got it all, baby. <laughs> Jesse Owens. Will Hitler be not pleased because you've won that for well, too many years? Well, the Daily Mail, of course, did support Hitler. <laughs> okay. And my enemy's enemy is my friend. <laughs> That's you Russell Brand's policy. Vive la Revolution. You Ricky, won. thank you for coming in no, here, thank mate. Thank you and so us, much. And thank you for what you've done on a, for the old humanity and everything. Because also, like, stick something like that on ITV. Mm. Young black man gets shot, turns into a glorious hip hop poppins, <laughs> doing all goodness <laughs> and loveliness. Hip hop poppins. That's what we're saying. And yeah. like, so it's good because it'll mm. be uh, knock people's prejudices all over the bumps. It's brilliant, what you do. Absolutely you. brilliant. Come here next week much. or whenever you feel like it and bring records. We'll play them and that. And I will sycophantically adore the thugs that make it. <laughs> I will hold you to that. <laughs> no, no problem. You can come here, mate. We've got That's no content. Cool. Nice one. <laughs> Cheers. Thank you so much. Bye, man. T- say that email address again frostediceinc.com. Got it. There it is. Whenever people say .com, I think .cotton for just a little bit, then I move yeah. on, you know. <laughs> right, so, and also... www.cotton.com. <laughs> there must be. Yeah. Oh, that would be good. Also... Yeah, just I'm... a whole site of .cotton, and possibly just an edge of it, which is porny. I... Just a tiny bit of it. Mainly Hello, pe- <laughs> Nick Cotton swaggers in with his, what can only be an ulcerated penis. Oh. oh. Why, why, is it, why is it incestuous? Why have you brought that in? Hey! I thought it was because just, of what I, we were talking about For me, it was just Judy. granny porn, but now you've made it worse. I have. I, <laughs> Even your granny porn has been tainted further yeah, by you've my mind. you pushed it further. It's awful. I know, I know. I'm just trying my hardest to be loved. Okay, so well done. Go to www.frostedicinc.com, but he'll be here every week now with some sort of fuck who's bringing in here. Oh, no, I'm never doing it again. I'm terrified. You're coming in here. We're oh, going to no. let him loose on you. <laughs> Right, nice one, mate. See you in a little bit. Take it easy. Right, Cheers, okay, Ricky. so probably there's not that long on our radio Cheers. show to nice go. To uh, David, yeah. have Can you... I, I've got my voice starting to hurt now because there's lots you... of talking in this show. Well, that's the, what they say. In other shows, there's more music and I can relax, but now it's just all just talk, talk, talk. I'm so tired. I know, but people I've like it. Cough. <laughs> I've got a sore throat. Don't complain. You've I have done to meet really, to really Tom well. Oh, I loved it. I really enjoyed it. It's been very, very fun and enjoyable. It's been good fun. But I'm tired. I've even now. had to control you. You wanted to talk more. You'd have spoke more no, if it hadn't I, I been for me. Talk. Well, you told me I couldn't speak to Ricky very much. I know because I was establishing rapport with Ricky. You never asked him what he did that led to him getting shot in the neck. That's what I wanted to know. He'd done nothing to deserve that. Well, what what know, if it's negative? Well, he must have done something. What if it? Oh, <laughs> but no smoke without fire. <laughs> no, David, I don't what are you saying? I don't mean he committed a crime. He must have been in the wrong place. He must have been in the wrong place. That's the wrong angle. What? You maniac. Hold on, no, Ricky. No, you wasn't. may have turned this terrible shooting into absolute beautiful positivity. No, hold on a minute. Exactly did hold you get shot? If you get shot in the neck, you were in the wrong place. <laughs> Ergo, you were in the wrong place. Well, I, I happen to know he was sat outside some fast food restaurant and some could say that's not healthy. But I don't think we can say that justifies Ricky being shot in the neck, even though it went on... Well, men- I know, Jamie Oliver probably would shoot him in the neck for that very crime. Don't drag Jamie into this. That boy is a Saint, he's the new Diana. See, I worry about him because I watched him on the show on uh, Jonathan Ross's show. Jamie, mm. Oliver, I thought, all right, Jamie now thinks he's become the messiah of food. Yeah, and then the next day I went to see you. I thought, oh no, he thinks he's the messiah of sex. Rather be the messiah of sex and food, yeah, wouldn't you? Two of them, get yeah. food down yeah. a shop, sex. Yeah. <laughs> Where are you going to get that other than my <laughs> lovely little groin? Rightio, <laughs> Mr. G will now summarise what I can only describe as a radio show with a poem. Please welcome Mr. G. There he is. Oh yeah, Great. Great. oh that's him. Yeah, he did. Very, very mad indeed. Right. Okay, this poem is called The Karmic Cuddle of Kindness. 
Is the bank balance half full or half empty? Event combination unlocks the stock of badil-suited gentry. Dollars down, depressed euros and pounds, a comedic cornucopia can now be found. Bills, chameleons and molested maidly came corrected, but there's a good milf hunting from the horn of a plenty. Married to the game, intoxicated with the fame, chocolate-covered so reindeers can now be tamed. Ricky turned the tragedy of reality to offset the insanity of vanity, but the blighty pipe layer desired a shag bowl calamity. Making it up. Where does it come from? Nobody knows. That's great. I love that. It's good, isn't it? It includes all the stuff from the show. You should have a poet around you all the time to poeticise your life. That's fantastic. Come on. (laughs) That'd be great. He has to spend enough time with me. He doesn't like it. He says it's too much pressure on his mind and feelings and everything. Yeah, like when we go on tour and stuff like that, he has to watch me tragically 3am trawling my way through the Isle of Man. I have to deal with the weeping tears of the reindeer. Uh, Oh, really? The reality. That's beautifully poetically put, though. Only G would have said it as beautifully as that. I'm glad he was around to say it yeah the weepy tears of the reindeer how lovely the weepy tears of the reindeer I particularly liked uh, what my favourite bit uh, the bit that's saying that good milf hunting I like yeah. that bit. although he did refer at one point to Badil suited bankers which I thought it was rhyming slang yeah I was worried it was rhyming don't, slang so you're always worried that people are criticising you I no one is you're a perfectly lovely man I, well I still think don't that. worry about people <laughs> be a bit more like me google literally everything that's ever said about you, you do don't you and scrutinise yeah, it for you hours do constantly yeah I know well, I'm so do. I don't know how you've got enough time to have sex with the amount of self I Googling do it du- during the sex <laughs> during it Google this there are probably I'm people on that who've Googled about you having sex with them I know it's an unbelievable a it's a vortex what a vortex you're in it's an unstoppable selfless but it's a you self- are the man of selfhood <laughs> <laughs> this is what's going to happen next it's like the lawnmower man it's like Tron it's cyber porn it's unstoppable I'm an errant child I'm a wanderer I'm a minstrel this has been the Russell Brand Show. Thank you very much for listening. David, thank you for being such a wonderful uh, guest co host. I really enjoyed person. it. I'm glad it's over, though. I'm tired. Well, it ain't quite over because someone <laughs> just right. indicated we've got another five minutes. Oh, we so have. <laughs> we have. Oh, I mean, we could, we could stick a record in I it tell somewhere. tell the MILF story. Maidley was good, wasn't he? Should I tell the MILF story? All right, tell your MILF story. Now, often David drops off his kids. That's not a euphemism. Uh, yeah, I dropped my kids to school, which is near Russell's house. We talked about it earlier. Mm-hmm. Now, there's a woman there who is. I, I like how you talk. I like how you go. There's a woman there. She's called MILF. Like, rather like in the old days of public school, you might have the school goat or something. She's like the school, school milf. School milf. They've got yeah. a milf. They've got a milf, and she's very attractive. I don't reckon indeed. it's funded or approved by the PTA, is it? The Ofsted. school milf. She's Ofsted approved school <laughs> milf. Very nice. Um, and uh, I've noticed her a few times in the playground, I have to say. Yes. Right? And, I, and uh, you know, occasionally we have a chat. But what we have are her cha- defining characteristics, the school milf? Uh, well, she's Physically. Uh, she's a uh, dark haired. Mm-hmm. She's a. Uh, well, one of the key things about it, and this is the key thing about it, is she's always incredibly well dressed oh. early in the morning, right? And so she was talking to me On the, other the day, game, do Reckon? Uh, well dressed early now, in the I morning. Know this woman, she might be listening, so I'm going to have to say no. Even though comically, it'd be funny to say yes at that point. There's no <laughs> question. It would have been funnier. I thought of it, listeners, but I can't say that because I know her. Well, that means okay? she's going to like being described as the school milk funded <laughs> no, by Ofsted. That's true. That's, that's going to hurt her feelings. Probably no good. It's better than being on the game, though. Give me some. Give me some slack here. Right? I know it's bad already. I shouldn't be mentioning it. Anyway, having a chat with her, yeah. and she's like talking about this other school that she's yeah. uh, one of her kids is at. She's got one kid at our school and another. Oh, kid at she's school. got so many kids. This milk. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, she's, she's a milf. Anyway, oh. she said, the other school, yeah. right, you go there, and all the mothers, she said, they're done up to the nines. I don't know how they do it. I don't know how they manage to look so nice in the morning. So and a I whole just new said, layer. 
Well, no, but I just said, what are you talking about? Look you, at you. I frankly said, you are the school MILF. I didn't quite say that. How did you paraphrase it to I, make it acceptable for her I just ears? said you. I just said, you always look amazing. You always look amazing. And you she looked flirt. a bit shocked. And then she said, well, no, it wasn't I'd meant to be about flirting. More to be honest, living lover No, thinks. I told Morwenna about it, and she said she was amazed. Because actually, the point is that what I was really saying was, are you mental? <laughs> you know, it's obvious that you dress up really, really well yeah, all the time. And also, isn't it Anyway, not... here's the most amazing thing. She did that on purpose. She knows she looks great. She's playing mind games. Well, possibly. possibly, Possibly it was mind games. But the point is, I don't know anything about clothes. And she said, "But well, look, I'm a tracksuit man wearing a tracksuit. I said, that's a juicy couture tracksuit. I didn't know that. It was a juicy couture tracksuit. That's a, a good pun. And then, and, then she, and then I said, and that you're wearing some kind of rabbit. And mm. it was. It was. She was wearing like a rabbit scarf. And I wouldn't have known that either. Mm. So suddenly I became is the person a... who knows all about <laughs> clothes. Suddenly. <laughs> well, anyway, so you, the key you thing is, today... That's not the key thing. You correctly analysing her clothes. That's it, just some subset no, but of I'm, your MILF story. Today, she came in... Dress really down. You've broken her. I've broken like you her. you have so many women before I know, I'm really worried Whereas about Whereas I it. celebrate women. Yeah. Where I elevate them, I help them yeah. realise their innate beauty. She came in today looking like a homeless chav. What? She looked like a homeless no, chav. No, she didn't. I'm sorry, if you That's are listening... too offensive If you words. are listening, you're a lovely woman and I don't mean it's it. It's a bit you late at now, all. David. I've just said that because, again, it rounded off the anecdote. I do apologise. She looked great. But that's the... <laughs> round off the anecdote you call people homeless chaps and they think you would apologise yeah, like she's right. a battered wife and she'll come running back for more she won't David I'm she'll assuming, find a refuge I'm really assuming she doesn't listen to your show well, that's all I can hope for now it. we're doing very well <laughs> okay. the podcast is flying high people don't tell me when it's not number one so I always assume okay. that it is yes. it normally is number one yeah. that's what we assume anyway that must be five minutes can't be absurd that was literally seconds <laughs> oh, no, it was a lovely anecdote we've all enjoyed it enormously time to wrap up this radio show let's thank all of our wonderful guest Richard Maidley oh wasn't he lovely no, Bill Richard Bailey was great. Bill Bailey was lovely and his chameleon was he lovely. was lovely yeah, Ricky was but lovely but I don't see Bill Bailey and Richard Maidley getting shot then starting up a charity that helps people get back out there and become better people and therefore they come across as the right pair of ne'er-do-wells <laughs> self-involved celebs the pair of them unlike the lovable Ricky Macara mm. who you there's nothing you can do to that man that won't make him kinder no. he's Teflon he's yeah. lovable yeah. he's got, got it all he's got a mobo He's got, he's, he ain't got the mobo yet, mate. Has he not don't got it? Jinx it. Don't he's, he's nominated it. for a mobo. If they don't give him that mobo, yeah. I don't know anyone more deserving of a mobo, except perhaps me, than that lad. <laughs> Give him a mobo, for heaven's sake. Okay, you have been listening to the Russell Brand Radio Show. Thank you very much, Mr. G. Thank you, David, for being a wonderful, verbose contributor to our show. What we've barely had time to mention is that Zadie Smith, the brilliant writer, sat outside watching us through the gallery with her husband. Well, I'm going off with her to a literary event now. Go and enjoy your literary event. While you're pumping around talking about books with Tom Stoppard, I'll be in what can only be described as As a sexy suit. You will be in a sexy suit. So enjoy writing about it, baby. I'm living it. Neil Cassidy, pick up your pen, squares, because I'm living it. Okay, this has been the Russell Brand Show, but it never stops, let me tell you. The show must go on. Life is only a rehearsal for the afterlife. (laughs) This is the Russell Brand Show. It's a vanity project. It's for BBC Radio 2. BBC Radio 2 online on digital and on 88 to 91 FM. Da-da-da, bloody old news. But there is only one story. Da-da-da-da.